0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Frame Trap. It's a doozy this week. Joining me is Michael Huber at the end there. Yo! Right in between us, Ian Hank. Yo! <laughs> and I'm going to be hosting you through this. I'm Ben Moore. Uh, we're in it, we're in the fall season. Uh, we're coming up on holiday. Mm-hmm. We've got deals coming, we got games coming, we got food coming. Bundles. <laughs> Stampedes. Uh, but we're also, I think, at a time where we can kind of begin to look back on 2019. Yeah. What's your What's your big 2019 takeaway at this point in time?
1: That Resident Evil 2 was remade and is phenomenal. <laughs> <Yeah>. I agree.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I agree. It's
0: a
1: good
3: takeaway.
0: Same. Resident <laughs> Evil 2 is
3: good. Control is good. Disco Elysium is good.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I've seen... Just you know, online and stuff, which is is a vast, it's a vast place. So it's 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 not really saying much. But I've seen some sentiment that like 2019 isn't quite as good as maybe uh, earlier years. And like I can I can see where people are coming from. But I think about Sekiro, I think about Devil May Cry Five, uh, I think about Resident Evil Two Remake, a lot of a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. A lot stuff. of good stuff. Luigi's Mansion Three is so good. Like, I knew it was going to be good. I knew it was going to like it. But th- it's always nice when you get something that you're anticipating that just exceeds your expectations, Yeah. even when those expectations are high. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Uh, Definitely, but a lot of things got bumped from
1: 2019. 2019 could have been, like, really top-tier. Yeah, really yeah. good year, but a lot of stuff got... What's the worst bump? Pushed. Um, I mean, Doom. Doom was a big one. And in the year with a, a Doom game, you know, just because, like, what Doom is, it's, like... One of the classic gaming franchises. So it's always good when a new one comes out. So think like about, ending the year with that.
3: Yeah, think about how stacked <sighs> the beginning of 2020 is now. It's kind of bonkers. Doom, Last of Us, Cyberpunk. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's going to be... Fantasy. Final Fantasy yeah. F- 7,
0: yeah. Massive. Games. I'm a little torn because uh, on one hand, it's really nice to have all of those games so close together. <sighs> Because then it's just like, well, life is just going to be exciting for a few months. Like, it's just going to be awesome, and everyone's going to be talking about it. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, uncharted territory in a really cool way. But at the same time, I also feel like... And I even felt this, I think, kind of with the back-to-back-to-back of Sekiro and Kingdom Hearts 3 and... Um, Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2, yes. Yeah. Where it was like, I really enjoyed this, okay, but I also have this other thing looming, and you just don't get to process things as, as thoroughly. Yeah. And and I, I like sitting with things for a while. I think that's nice. You know, sometimes sometimes you finish something and you're just immediately ready to put it on the shelf. But I think when something is so exceptionally good, it's kind of nice to, like, have that be the conversation thing for, for a while. Totally. But uh, speaking of long-awaited things, we have the one of those drop-in today, and that is Death Stranding.
3: <sighs> I've heard of it.
0: Yeah. Uh so <laughs> I have to I have to say this. I I need to like make a note so I say it at the end of the podcast as well. But uh, yeah, I have to say review copy provided by PlayStation. Review copy. Remember? Review copy by, mm-hmm. provided review by PlayStation. Copy. We have to and, put that um, on the by screen by too. We do. PlayStation. Review copy. Review copy provided <laughs> by, <laughs> by PlayStation. Um uh, but it wasn't yeah. just one review copy, which is usually the case. Uh we got quite a few We got eight, co- baby? I didn't remember how many because we
3: Because Don said I'll wait, <laughs> <laughs> and
0: we're all yeah. like, "What? <laughs> okay, Don." <laughs> awesome. Um, and not not everybody has played through <laughs> it, but I've I've played through all of it. Obviously, I reviewed it. Uh, Huber, you've played through all of it. Ian's played through all of it, and Damiani has played through. Has Brad beaten it? And Brad, Brad has also played through all of it. Brad, Brad it, yeah, yeah, it all of Just it.
3: Blood bl- uh, Brandon and Kyle haven't beaten it yet.
0: Okay. Um, but I. Settled really a lot of what I wanted to say in that review. And Great so I, review, I, I, by the way. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, I just want to kind of get your guys' takes on it and, and how you feel and maybe like what the process of playing this training was like for you. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? I don't know, man.
1: <laughs> Dest, where do you even begin with this game? Uh, I guess let's just start at the beginning. Yeah. The The game opens phenomenally. <laughs> yeah, Just throws you in. I always, I'm always a fan of that. Where it like it doesn't really waste time setting the tone, setting the world. Like and I think that mystery in the beginning, I was just hooked. Hooked yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely like the way this game starts a lot. My I think it, that's important for me because I think over time I liked kind of the beginning of the game more than the end. Hmm. Uh just because in the beginning there's so much mystery. You have a lack of tools. Like I liked being fish out of water, confused,
3: struggling to traverse even like basic topography. Real real quick for yeah. people in the audience worried about this, we're yes. not gonna spoil yes. any specifics in this show. No. We're actually NDA'd not to yeah. until the twelfth.
0: Mm-hmm. We we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't anyway. That's what spoiler mode yeah, yeah, is for. That's what spoiler uh, mode is for. But, but just in case you're worried,
3: yeah. you'll hear impressions, but not spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to say that because you said the word ending. And I, know, I know people I know. get nervous for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm uh, just. I, I was. Most, I was just referring to. I like being less equipped. Yeah, I guess just in games in general, and especially Death Stranding. I really liked just not having a lot of supplies early on, mm-hmm. and as the game went on, you accumulate more and more stuff, and you just have more utility, and a lot of it became trivial in a way, like mm. the the enemies and stuff. A lot of it became routine for me. Uh so yeah, I'm kind of in I guess I guess I'm just kinda in the middle of uh Death Stranding. I love a lot of it, but a lot of it was so just like trivial, I guess is the word I say. I don't know. Like the enemies coming at you and stuff. You know, there was never a real threat. Yeah. And that, that hurts me. That hurts the stakes for me when the story is, like, such high stakes, you know? But then any time an enemy is there, I'm just
3: like, all right. Do either of you know what the difficulty settings actually change? I I only played through on normal.
0: So I played through all of it on normal, and then I did uh, up through chapter two on hard Mm -hmm. uh, as I was getting footage to try it out. And I can't say, like, I don't have a list of things that have changed, but just based on my own firsthand experience, it seems like... Especially with BTS, they're a little bit more numerous, um, and that your BB will uh, that that meter will go down a little bit more aggressively. But it wasn't like it wasn't crazy, that, and even even handling crazy. the like I had pretty much just as easy of a time handling mules on normal as I did on hard. Like it wasn't that that a huge
3: was my because someone someone uh, on Twitter was asking me like, "Hey, what difficulty should I play it on? Do you know what mm-hmm. it changes?" and like. I didn't want to say I didn't want to sound negative, but I was like, I don't know for sure, but if I were to guess, yeah. make raising the difficulty would just make the parts of the game you're not going to like take longer. Like mm-hmm. more BTS is just more annoying, kind of. But, but it also raises me. the
1: stakes for me. I don't know, like being able, like if the BTS in the game are such a threat and it's. So menacing, and the trailer, the trailers, and everything, and the or the cinematics are like, "Dun are here! Yeah. And then I'm just like, "That throw, was throw a
0: can, or like walk on by, no problem." That was so not that, the that hurt
1: that hurt it for me a little bit.
0: That was not the impression that that I got. I I have, ba- again, I can't I can't say like definitively, but based on what I've experienced, if you're thinking about playing it on hard, you should probably play it on hard. Like if that's if that's something you're kind of teetering between, I don't I don't think it'll be too much of a problem for yeah.
2: you. Yeah,
1: and you can change any time. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. like, the beginning, though, like, I started hard, went down to normal, then put it back on hard later on, because the be- beginning is a steep learning
0: curve. It is, but yeah, I, and yeah. I loved that. Yeah. The game throws so much at you. I actually it's wanted just, to talk to you about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, because you you were mentioning that, how you really like the beginning and the process of learning. Yeah. And I, I did, too, uh, because... Uh, Just just figuring out, like, okay, how much cargo should I carry? How much should I pick up in the world? How, like, when should I carry things by hand? When should I use my ladders? That process was really fun. And especially around the point where you get vehicles, it was like, oh, when should I take a vehicle? Oh, I can't pass this region. Should I abandon this vehicle? Should I take another one? What are the differences between the trucks and motorcycles? Like, figuring all of that out was really, really fun. And I do, there are, and I don't want to spoil just some of the gameplay stuff, but you do get some pretty incredible tools that are really fun, that are either fun, I think, or extremely useful, or a combination of both. And that whole process of learning is great. But I also kind of agree with you that there are... It's weird. There are times where you're kind of like in the sweet spot, and you're not. And what I would describe the sweet spot is is where it's like... You're learning, or there's some sort of challenge that you just kind of organically mm-hmm. stumble upon. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, where it's like, how am I going to cross this? Yeah. What should I do with this river? Uh, and those things are were actually kind of interesting to solve. But then there are a lot of times where you're like this delivery feels the same as like these other ten deliveries, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I'm not learning, and I'm not being challenged, and yeah. I'm not changing. Yeah. And so it is. It's kind of this up and down thing where you'll be really in it for a while and then you'll be out of it and then you'll be really in it for a while. And uh Ian and I were were talking on side with each other as we were playing it and you could see that in the tone of our conversations. Yeah. Where we'd be like, oh I really like it. Oh, I don't know, I don't like this. And it, it would. It would be a very up and down mm-hmm.
3: I would, kind of experience. The first the first few days with Death Stranding were very interesting for me because day one, yep. I was in love with this game. Yes. I was like, this is Gody for sure. Day two, I was actually like Oh man, I'm feeling kind of bored and frustrated oh, and no. like annoyed with having to go back and forth. Like, there's a part in chapter two where you have to go back and forth through this kind of irritating BT section. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point like the third or fourth time where I was just like, Ugh, I get it. Like, I don't want to have to crouch through this entire through 300 really? yard area every time. I just, you know? Yeah. So I started just I like it. driving a motorcycle through the river <laughs> to try to, you know, once I got that. And, but like, and then the third day, I was in love with it again. Yeah. You know, so it was, like, a very weird process. And that's sort of the the experience of playing this game is kind of weird. Yeah. It has, like, a bizarre gameplay. I want to say arc, but it's not. It's like, it's, like, a bunch of bell curves, like, after each other. It's, like, a sine wave where it's... Things are really hard, and then you get some really fun tools that help it get really easy. Or, like, not really easy, but, like, that make delivering a breeze again, you know? And then they make the game harder with those tools. And then you get new tools and it makes it easier again. But I know what they're going for, I feel like, but it sometimes on some deliveries just ends up feeling a little weird because it's like one step forward, two steps back, sort of. It's Hmm. like, okay, I got the tools to make me awesome at delivering. Okay, but now they're throwing this other obstacle in my way that isn't it doesn't change it in a different way it just redoes the thing the tool i just got made it made it easier for me to do do you know what i mean like i'm not sure wh- like they add a new they add a new stumbling block a new challenge but instead of being a new challenge it's just like the the version of the same challenge that you had mm. plus 5 and i just got a tool that helped me deal with that challenge True. plus 3 Sure. So now it's just as the same amount of difficult to walk over this terrain because they just made the terrain the same amount diffi- more difficult as the tool I just got. So it right. feels like you never actually I'm trying to it's really hard I could really easily explain this if we were spoiling th- like yeah. mechanics, but I don't want to. But um, it's just weird to have them give you a tool and then just raise the, the difficulty of the thing that tool helps you ad- address. And they do that, like, four times. Yeah, so I, I think... So it feels like you're the same amount of capable
2: it's, for it's, the lighter half of the game.
0: It's weird because I think there are some increases in difficulty that they do a pretty good job of layering on, where, uh, like, I feel like water becomes a bigger and bigger challenge in an interesting way. And yeah. you, when you have that first moment of, like, oh, wait... I can't just easily cross this and I'm drifting down and all my gear is falling off. Yeah. It's kind of panic-inducing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or or <laughs> uh, when you have to go really far and you're like, oh man, like my boots are almost destroyed. Because what they do is they just kind of keep extending things. Like you were talking about. They'll, they'll take like a mechanic, like, hey, here's a mountainous region, but now here's a super mountainous region. Or, hey, we're going to have you go a long way. Now we're going to have you super go a long way. And so they kind of condition you to really think about the planning. And I love that push yes. and pull between the... All right, I got to really think about this delivery. What do I need? Do I want do I have room to be extra cautious and bring a lot of stuff? Do I think I'm going to fight things? Do I ha- and if any like anything that you bring, like you you have to work it into the loadout. And I think when it's firing on all cylinders and it's making those decisions interesting, that's awesome. Yes. The problem is they give you a lot of tools that the challenges don't rise to the occasion of. Like you can just decimate mules Everything. Oh with my the God. rope. Every So Even with your about. bare hands. That's what I'm talking right. about. I didn't even use
3: the strand, which is a rope, for the first like two or three mule camps that I knocked out every mm. single member. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, and the asked, bola gun it, is insane. It reminded
0: me of like the old <laughs> Assassin's Creed games yeah. where you would have... Uh, yeah, like an square, army square. of guys around you, yeah. and you'd just be able to take every single yeah. one of them out in the exact same way. Totally. That's what it
1: felt like, and Which, so that was really disappointing. And I Which, know that's not what the game is about, right? But that's like, what it's I was still say, a part yeah. of it.
3: It's still that's what I was gonna say is like yeah. it's an interesting. This game is such an interesting experiment, and I mean, say what you will about it. I'm sure everyone will, but like, the story's awesome. The story's really interesting. It's not <laughs> about fighting. It's certainly not about killing. Mm-hmm. It's about Connecting and bringing things together, and like the gameplay focuses on that. Yeah, that's and what I want to I talk about. I nice. think largely in a really successful way, like the stranding genre that he's invented. Yeah,
0: so that's that's actually a big point that I want to bring up. Falling down a cliff and finding a rope from Ben
1: yes. was a magical experience. Okay, yes, this is going, this is, yes, finding Ian's uh, motorcycle parked ominously near a cliff was haunting. <laughs> yeah. I was like Ian was here and something happened.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is it is such a magical moment yeah. because because it it feels so or- organic. Like yeah. the game does a good job of presenting it where you'll have a moment of crisis or something goes wrong. And for me a lot of times it was like a battery on something where I would need my uh, some sort of battery recharge for one reason or another. And I'd be like I hope to god there's something nearby. I hope to god there's something <laughs> nearby and then like in the horizon you can see it and another player built that and you do you it's it sounds so corny and cheesy and lame but the way that the game works and you just spend so much time on foot and you spend so much time looking at nothing that you kind of have these weird moments of connection with people mm-hmm. without words. It kind of reminds me of Journey mm-hmm. in that way. Totally. Those, those moments where I would have where it was like, oh, just the way that we're interacting is like kind of fascinating and cool. And to me, that was absolutely, bar none, like the best the part best. of Destiny. Especially
1: to like going alone for a while on a delivery, mm-hmm. you know, climbing a very intense thing and going through the snow. It's just like, this game made me think about a lot of things like life and, and the state of everything in the world. Like I had those feelings and some of those moments were so impactful, you know, and then you get to a place and then you see like, Oh, you know, people's little buildings here and signs like, Hey, keep going. Like right. you can do it. Like those moments were just, yeah. One of a kind. So felt so original, felt so unique
0: and and special. Yeah. And, and just like the way the like system kind of works out, like, <laughs> in my playthrough of it I would see a bunch of people post like just like emoticons at the beginning of town and yeah, you'd be like yeah. oh people are just like trying this out and trying to get a feel for it but then you would see like those one or two guys that were, like, really committed, yeah. and, like, they were, like, they were, like, carrying everybody else on their backs, and, like, they were getting all the attention. It was interesting just to see that kind of social system play out, where, like, there were definitely hero, uns- like, not unsung heroes, but, like, people I didn't even know that just kind of kept popping up throughout the entirety of totally. the game totally. as other people would kind of fall off, and I, totally. I thought that was really interesting. Um but uh yeah, talking talking about this, I do think this part of it, the social system, mm-hmm. is really, really cool. Like building a road was so fun.
3: Like I, I yes. Are we allowed to talk about a road? I wasn't sure. I wasn't going to mention them specifically. I was gonna say larger community projects. Ugh. But the, those were that was a really good moment because like I was working on three sections of that I built by myself completely in my game. Yeah. And I was like, something must be weird. So I actually like restart I, I just had the game like running in rest mode or whatever for a, mm-hmm. a day or two and then so I finally like shut the game down and came back into it and then like the entire region was done and I was like
0: oh damn <laughs> like this is amazing <laughs> like when you yeah. were when you're like uh, I, uh, I I I want to be careful I don't want to yeah, I don't yeah, want to spoil
3: because like the that's the thing about it is like You get into an area and before you connect the network, you're on your own Mm -hmm. by and large. And I think that's a really smart gameplay mechanic because you get to experience the stark loneliness of a new Mm -hmm. zone, right? And then once you connect it, you get that feeling, that dopamine, that connection, the bonds Bonds of of getting everyone else's stuff. And there's a thing – I mean I'm really not going to specify this thing, but there's a a mechanic – that you can that you unlock way later in the game that is just so nice, mm-hmm. and I started building all kinds of these things to try to connect everything, you know, and I, it is so much fun, mm-hmm. and it was organic fun that I was driving myself because I wanted to complete a task, you know, that I'm like, okay, other people are going to get a use out of this, and it's really, that's what I really think is successful about this is you start thinking, at least I did, I started thinking about, myself but also more than just myself right. or i was like okay i'm going to do the extra work of carrying a bunch of extra crap with yeah. me right now through this really irritating area so that the next person doesn't have to or like once they connect it they can just use this to get back mm-hmm. you know and like that feels really
0: cool right <laughs> right and there's been a there's been a lot of um controversy and i've even seen this this response to my review, and, like, I, I get where people are coming from. I get why this criticism is happening, where they're, they're, like, you say the game is boring, like, if it's not fun, I don't care, and it's, like, I, I get where you're coming from. I understand why you would have that concern, but it's the way the game uses that mundaneness, that boringness, to enhance those moments where it's, like, if you're doing a delivery and you're, like, man, this sucks... I'm going to try to make it easier for other people, which is exactly like Ian is saying. And then, like, the next day you log in, it's like, hey, somebody used your thing. Yeah. That feels really cool. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean that that first part wasn't boring, but it was because you kind of went through this process, there was some value there. Totally. Um, and I found that value really interesting. And it's not uh, a, a common experience that I have with games. And so that. That was fascinating to me and something that I got enjoyment of where it's like, there are times where I like, I actively dislike this, but through this dislike and through like, some of the more frustrating parts, the way that I'm interacting with people and how we're solving this problem is really, really cool. For me, I think
3: I was never bored, I don't think, but frustrated is the word I sure. would use. Like, there were times yeah. where I was like, man, I do not want to trudge through this area again. You know, for but, me was, for but me hang on, but yeah. well, that's the that's the other thing. Other times, it was a meditative experience, yeah. where I was like, mm-hmm. traversing this land is actually relaxing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I never didn't want to be playing the game, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Totally. I want to, yeah, to to Which jump in on that, I, I really want to give credit to the music as well, yeah. because um, there are a lot of games where it's just like, uh, oh, like, I'll be playing a game, and like, periodically, I'll kind of have that moment where i'll take a step back and i'm like oh the music is really good but i don't think i fully appreciate it just because you get used to it because it's happening all the time mm-hmm. whereas in death stranding music is like its own special treat there you spend so much time not listening to any music and when it comes on and it's just absolutely gorgeous you really just kind of appreciate that simple moment um mm-hmm. and there were there were a lot of times like there's there's one song in particular that I just absolutely adore, thanks to Death Stranding, um, and it was it was nice to forge a connection with a song like that, so,
2: yeah.
3: It's such an interesting game, and it's such a funny, like, in, in gaming society right now, it's such a funny moment, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what the general opinion of this game is once people have actually played it, mm-hmm. because, like, the comments on the review, you have to take with a grain of salt, because it's like, you haven't played this game like you can say well, that we've y- mostly y- talked about gameplay like
1: well, story yeah. is so important to right. that
0: all of that right and I, I that it's interesting because I feel like my opinion of Death Stranding kept evolving through the very end of the mm-hmm. story itself yeah uh, because there's a lot that happens at the end uh, most <laughs> But I, I do want to kind of and but this com- this complaint applies to both the story and the gameplay because we're talking about the things that we like uh, with the deliveries and you talked about the meditative state and uh, just talking about the social interactions. There are parts of this game that, when I really just sit there and think, I'm like, this doesn't add anything and. Unfortunately, there they are some of the most spoilery parts, and so the way that I will talk around that is there are times where we talked about, hey, this is a game about deliveries. There are times where you're just shooting dudes. Uh and I outside of like kind of window dressing, it they they keep reusing them in the same way, and it's just kind of very basic, and I don't think this is a game that I think needed. More editing than it got. Like yeah. there, are, there are things that happen in this game where it's like, ah, I wish you would have taken a step back, or and... just done it once. Right, right. There's there Cause is because it's not. It doesn't change. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing is you're like this wasn't very good the first time and you kept doing it. A Why lot. did you keep doing yeah. it? Yeah. 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 And so there's there's like kind of this like indulgentness with this game that I wish was was sharpened, I think, a little bit more than it is. Also it's it it's
3: weird too, and
0: without getting specific, uh
3: the the section you're talking about, there's a strange disconnect because the the biggest this games again, this game's biggest strength is that the form is the function. Like the stuff that is the best is also the the lesson, the moral of the story. I agree. Whereas this section, these sections, even what you're doing ultimately doesn't Tie in directly with what that part of the story is talking about. I feel like there's. It's just like here's a weird thing you do. Also, this they kind of are kind of related, but not directly, or at least not in a in a way that's impactful or meaningful to me. Right. Right. And I
0: find that really strange in this game too. There's a line from uh, one of the characters, Higgs, who said, "Who." It almost seemed like commentary on itself, and you and I talked about this, where he's like, this is what you came here for, right? Right. Tired of the grind. Right. And it's like, (laughs) no. uh, It's actually, no, it's not. Yeah. And I think my favorite parts of Death Stranding are the parts where it is focusing on the delivery, and it it feels like it's kind of this complete idea, exactly like you're saying. It's tied into the, the, the themes of the storytelling and feels like it's a storytelling vehicle itself. And then you have these other super gamey parts that just don't fit and feel like they're coming almost from something else. And I think what's also frustrating is, like, when you're trying to switch weapons or just move around, it's like, oh, this game was built for delivery. Like, it doesn't feel right, like it's right. meant well, to do yeah. this. Especially yeah.
3: when if you fall over or get hit, you drop the thing you're carrying, yeah. which sometimes is the gun you need to deal with the situation that just knocked you on your ass. And it's like, that's a little bit annoying. <laughs> But yeah. It's funny, I've been trying to think of an analogue for this game because it is very unique. But iron what I think is ironic is the closest thing I can come up with is that this game is kinda no man's sky with with a metal gear story on it. In a weird way. Cause like if you look just if you look bare bones at what you're doing, you're going from one place to another place and all the buildings are identical and just there You don't even, like, talk to a person. It's just, like, a hologram of a person, right? And mm-hmm. it's, like, that's No Man's Sky. You go to an identical station, and there's the same alien sitting behind a desk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I mean, obviously, obviously there's way more to this game than No Man's Sky. But, like, right. if you're boiling it down, it's, like, No Man's Sky with Astroneer with a Metal Gear 4 story on it, yeah, which it- is not bad. I'm not saying that's bad.
0: The thing that makes the No Man's Sky comparison difficult for me, just speaking of somebody who played No Man's Sky at launch and reviewed yeah, it, yeah. is that I think I felt a, a emptier when I walked away from for No Man's sure. Sky because yeah. the, I didn't have those those quote unquote magical moments with the other people in the same way. Like yeah. that really added a yeah. lot. Uh, whereas I felt like the systems pretty much. Every system that I was engaging in didn't feel like it went far enough in No Man's Sky. And yeah. I, I do, like, I I have a lot of problems with Death Stranding. And I think there are a lot of things to criticize. But I think it's him talking about wanting to make a new genre and and prioritizing these social aspects. It seems, before I played the game, it seemed like, oh, you're, you're going a little far there, Kojima. Like, I don't know if that will hold true. Now playing it, I'm like, okay, I, I have a better idea of what you're going for, and I, can, I think I can appreciate it uh, much better now that I've actually seen the concept in action. Yeah, yeah
1: so. and I just think the gameplay doesn't go far enough. Sure. I wish the game was a lot shorter, like you were saying. like mm-hmm. edit If you edited a lot out, I think this game would have hit even harder. I agree. Uh, But again, like a lot of the criticisms, I think coming from... Us today, or like me, me as well, was a lot on the gameplay. Just that's my main criticism is just the gameplay. When you add the story in though, and those bonds and connections from like multiplayer stuff, to me it was it was, I liked it more than than I didn't.
0: I think I think the thing that's frustrating to me about the story, I don't know if either of you agree. Where there are things that I really like about the story, it just sometimes feels like I wish we could have gotten there. In a more graceful yeah. way, yeah, like, because
1: the editing would have worked for the story and the gameplay, yeah, both, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Sometimes, sometimes you're just kind of like waiting. I feel like for Death Stranding to like get to this point, and it's like, no, first we're going to take three laps around here, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll get to the point. Yeah. And they're, I, they're just again, it kind of talks, talking about the editing process. Of there is really interesting stuff in there, um, and I, I, we talked. We actually had a frame track conversation about. Uh, these big-name actors and all everybody that is going to be in there and how is that, that was going to make us feel. I actually, now having played through Death Stranding, it added a lot for me. Like the perf- Some of the performances, some performative moments in the game are some of my favorite moments yeah. of the whole thing. Uh, and I talk about it in the review where just looking at somebody and seeing the anguish that they're going through uh, is pretty compelling. Like, just watching them on screen, that's really, really nice.
3: Yeah, I think... And, like, to clarify my earlier point, I don't, I didn't hate No Man's Sky when it came out. And I, certainly it's way, way better now. So I kind of meant that not as, like, a dig, mm. which I think a lot of people would take that as a dig. But I realized, like, I kind of like No Man's Sky. It's Now it's great. But uh, anyway. But, yeah, like, the weird thing with the story is the writing feels kind of, I don't know, like, inconsistent maybe. Like, some storylines <laughs> are really good and powerful. And then other storylines are just like, what? Like, all right. And yeah. the funny thing with the the funny thing with Death Stranding is because everyone before Death Stranding came out was addicted to being confused by the trailers and stuff. Yeah. Even though they, they're sort of straightforward. But like uh it the weird thing in this game is more just like that the game exists and it is what it is. The story actually wraps up more than I thought it would. Yeah. And like uh in a good way and it's interesting that the stuff, like you said, the stuff I ended up really loving in the story were some of these just smaller, little more intimate moments that happen here and there. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I feel like the overarching story depends maybe a little too heavily on you reading every single one of the interviews or emails or whatever yeah. to really understand the context of what's going on it, because it doesn't – like the main plot doesn't like hit – Reading the, part, you know? reading
0: the emails yeah. and the interviews adds a lot. Yeah, and some of my some yes. really good moments happen in the emails, and if the, it's kind of interesting because there are there are moments in the emails that I'm like, oh, it's really interesting that you handled this moment in the email in this way. I kind of see what you're going for. And I think that's cool. But then there are other times, and I think, and I don't know if you guys agree with this. So I'd be curious to get your opinion. I think a big problem with a lot of the on-screen, the cutscene moments, the like, hey, we're telling a story here, Moments of Death training, is that it kind of treats everybody the same. And what I mean by that is your, your kind of core cast is it's like, okay, this is the part where you're going to learn about their tragic backstory and how crazy everything is. Okay, now now we're going to focus on them. And it's you talked about the beginning of the game and how much you liked it. And reflecting on the beginning of the game, what's really cool is you're just with a guy who's doing a job, and by going on this job with him, Mm -hmm. by going and burning this body, you kind of get a sense of how this world functions on a day-to-day level, and it feels grounded. Whereas, like, you don't get that in a lot of the rest of the game, and I think it needed more times like that. It needed characters that maybe weren't going to be, like, super dramatic or, you know, super bombastic in, in what they have to tell you or what they have to reveal or how they t- tie into the broader mystery, but are just characters that are maybe going through smaller scale problems that give you like more of a realistic view of this world. Um, I think I can I think, think of could one helped.
3: side story where that's kind of the case, hmm. the junk dealer stuff. Uh Sure. That's like the yeah, but that's like the only one. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Kind of. There were some yeah. good ones.
1: I found some really good Easter eggs and secrets. I don't th- like Ben. I know for a fact you didn't find one thing. Remember I told you about like early on. Sure. Because I really did a lot of side quests too. Like early on, and got some stars. And, right. Like, there's some cool stuff you can, you can get, and like some cool side quest payoffs. But again, editing inconsistencies. No. Some
0: of them feel like. And filler, I, th- I think sure. that's good. I think you should have optional missable stuff yeah. that that adds to that. Totally. But I'm just saying, like in the main story, I could have gone for mm. more of that. Agreed. Like things things that like, hey, you can't miss everybody's gonna get this. Completely agree. And I think that is what is cool about that first section of the game. Yeah. Uh where you're where you're with that guy. For sure. So
3: is this This is a weird question. Is this an open world game, even? Because like <sighs> I think about open world, right? Like Breath of the Wild and stuff. I want to go explore. Yeah. Like I want to look over there and go see what it is. In this game, I didn't I wanted I wanted to just go from point A to point B and experience what was in between. Mm-hmm. But like it's so dangerous and arduous to go off the beaten path or, you know, without a reason to. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I think early on it kind of trained me to explore because I found what I thought was kind of like a hidden survivor like out there. its I don't think it's a spoiler. It's just like he's there on the map. Like if you look on the map, there's like a thing there. You talking don't f- about
3: Luden's fan?
1: Nope. Huh. But theres it's like in the very first area of the game. So yeah. like, it's very early on. But there's some like stuff there. And I don't know. I think by finding... Things that it felt like I wasn't supposed to find it. Again, I don't
3: think it's a secret it at all. The, it just thing. feels
1: like you're not really supposed to find it, but and it felt natural. It felt like, oh, I discovered something. I wish I, I knew that.
3: I wish I knew what you're talking about because I actually was trained by the game the exact opposite mm. lesson. Because mm-hmm. several times, like three or four times, I saw a thing on the map and went there early. Yeah. And because I didn't have a package for them, or wasn't supposed to be there in the story yet, mm-hmm. there's literally nothing there. Like, not even a cutscene. Like, even if it's a character where I I know... know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, even if there's a character I know who's supposed to be here, and they would be there, there's not even a little thing where it's like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? Uh, Well, hi. Uh, You know, like, because in the reality of the game, they would acknowledge you. Yeah. And, like, they just don't. It's just stark nothingness. And that happened to me, like, five times. Like, it got to the point where I was like, I am not going anywhere I'm not supposed to (laughs) because the game is teaching me not to.
0: Yeah, oh. Huber, it, it's hard because I, I like you're kind of right mm-hmm. in there there's optional stuff in Death Stranding that I thought was kind of cool mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, I was glad that I did that. But it wasn't consistent enough 100%. to where there was like a ton of optional things I did where I'm like, this is not good. Yeah, like this is this sure. is not this 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 feels like total filler. Totally. And so it kind of created like sort of a worst case scenario where you're like, ah, do I want to do this? Maybe it'll be good, but mm-hmm. maybe it won't. But if I don't do it, I'll miss out. And so yeah. that's that's not really how I want to feel. Totally. Well, the, <laughs> one of
1: the earliest rewards I got felt like a secret, and it was amazing. But then as the game went on and I started continuing to go for the side quest rewards and the side quest stars, I was delivering like a maniac. Those rewards started teetering out and becoming like, just like filler and just super boring. So then it got to a point where I just stopped really doing side quests and pretty much just stopped picking up a lot of stuff and just going mainline from point A to point B. Right, Um,
2: there
0: there was a moment that I had where it was like, and I honestly feel like this kind of sums up the whole Death Stranding experience, Mm -hmm. where something happened in my room that was unexpected and I was like, oh whoa, that was kinda cool. The other like hundred times, not hundred times. I'm exaggerating, but the other times that I did this, mm-hmm. nothing happened, and that's kind of death stranding. I feel yeah, like, yeah. where <laughs> it's like it makes that one time really cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's, I think that's kind of where you're going to come down on it. You're either going to come on down on one side or the other, where it's like I, that is worth it to me. Those highs are worth it, but I'm not willing to go through the lows. Uh, or you know it'll be it'll be the opposite. One well, um,
3: that the weirdest thing to me about Death Stranding, and I think that's easy to lose sight of because Kojima is such a name, such an auteur, such a big presence in gaming, and we're used to him working for Konami, right? This is a this is a, technically an independent game. Like, Kojima Productions is its own company. And, like, obviously there were business deals brokered to help finance this game, but that's just how business works. Like, and I think some of the structural stuff, some of the repetitive stuff, the fact that all the buildings look the same, the fact that you deliver to hologram people, the fact that some of the story stuff is repetitive and doesn't really pay off, the fact that your room always looks the same, all these little things are cost-saving measures for what is sort of, I mean... The definition of a double-A game is a little weird, but, like, this game is a smaller game than, I think, its marketing campaign and the fact that it's Kojima. I think it's a smaller game than most people will assume it is. And, like, it's kind of interesting for that. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. It's
0: super interesting. I I think that's that's something that I have really come to, to value in the game is, like, the game is a mess, but it's a really fascinating mess. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a mess that made me think about it a lot. It it felt new in a really valuable way, and I I don't think that that needs to translate into a get out of free, free jail card or like you should silence all criticism on it. There's a lot to criticize, yeah. But this is just my own personal philosophy as somebody. Who is like will forever? I, I'm so fascinated with this industry. I will never not be playing video games. I want an industry where games like this can exist, where oh, we can absolutely. have fascinating messes. I want, I want us to stumble and be okay with it, and like try to get something out of it. Like the thought of a Death Stranding two or <laughs> or whatever yeah. is really interesting to me. <laughs> well, uh, and and
3: and it's it's funny because. It's really weird having this conversation largely before public opinion has rendered its verdict, right? Like, Mm -hmm. the game came out 12 hours ago, like, publicly. 3 a.m. in New Zealand
1: yesterday. It's it's been out for, like, like, a while. Someone's already Not even a day, (laughs) though. But, like,
3: you know what I mean? Like, as we're recording this, the game hasn't even been out for a full day publicly. And it's, like, it's such a weird thing because I wonder if it's going to be a victim of its own press and stuff because it's not going to be looked at as a scrappy little indie game. It's going to be compared to the Metal Gear Solid series, and it's going to be compared to, you know, Mm -hmm. Last of Us and God of War and all these, you know. Yeah. When, When you look at the game, it maybe would be more fair to compare it to No Man's Sky or some of these other games. Obviously, the team is way bigger, but, like,
0: yeah, I don't. It's funny, but because the game, the game. I, unfortunately, I don't feel like the game can have its cake and eat it too. No, right? I mean, yeah. When you When you so get he's out there, backing. When you get yeah. out there in yeah. big bold letters and say a Hideo Kojima game, right. It's like, well, like they, you, you okay? Then you brought like if 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 Kojima, like if you're gonna use Kojima in the way that you're using Kojima, that is the kind of comparison that yeah. you're gonna get. Well, the that's, kind of standard that you're gonna. That's what I'm saying. Is like maybe
3: to. that wasn't smart. On their point, I mean, like it's their biggest sales, t- like. It's the only reason everyone's freaking out about Death Stranding, right, mm-hmm. is because it's Kojima. Yeah. But, like, it, I it, it, in a parallel universe where Kojima stayed quiet and they just put out Death Stranding and there was, like, some buzz but no one really was knew what to expect at all, I really wonder how people would take this game. Because I feel like right now people are getting... Divisive and really upset and really into it, and like people like commenting on the review where it's like, Oh, this sounds like a four. This uh, you can't say this, you can't say that. And it's like, and I said this, I think, to you the other day, but it's like because it's Kojima, because it's Death Stranding, because of all this hype, it people need this game to be a 10 or a one, or they don't know where what to do. Yeah, and the fact that it's like an Mm eight, the fact that it's just like, Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's not the second coming, it's not total garbage it's just a good fun weird game that's some people are gonna like it some people won't you know take your time with it you'll have a better time like
0: people can't like process things just being okay (laughs) right it's an interesting thought process especially I think when you compare it to PT because that is what kind of happened with PT at the very outset where you didn't have any of that like the way that PT went viral like I remember, Hubert at least were just like, "Oh, this this thing we're just gonna check it out." They didn't they didn't know that it was tied to *Kojima*. They didn't yeah. know it was tied to *Silent Hills*. So it was interesting to see it take off. But then once all that information came out, then it became like this can't miss event. And it's beloved so, to this day, right?
3: And I wonder if *Death Stranding* should have gone that route. Like weird murmurings, weird murmurings. All of a sudden, *Death Stranding*, people would like freak out, you right. know. Whereas instead. Kojima was using his social capital as the advertising campaign, sort of. Right. And it, I mean, I don't default them for that either. You know, it's like one way or the other. It's a cool way to do it. But like, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, the the framing on this is really interesting because if you take the argument of like, hey, this is only getting a pass because it's Kojima. Like people are pulling their punches because it's Kojima. It's interesting to think about it the other way where it's like, it couldn't exist without... Right. It's mm-hmm. like if, if you are Kojima and you are putting this game together and you are using this technology and you are using this budget, you could make the safest thing imaginable. Yeah. You could make... <laughs> you could make a tactical espionage game mm-hmm. and make it very straightforward and simple. And yeah. so, like, this this game is insane. It yeah. is insane that it exists. I thought that so many times. And it's like... There, there are things that happen. There are words that people say. There are moments that happen. There <laughs> yeah. are boss mechanics where I'm just like, I cannot believe what the fuck is going I on. I didn't sometimes... understand three-fourths of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, I don't think being weird for the sake of being weird is, is necessarily valuable, but I think with the social stuff, with the way that it structures the game, there is something there that comes together. Yeah. It's a shame a lot of the rest of the game doesn't come together, but there is something really valuable and distinct and interesting there that does have some amount of depth and that I had a response to. Well, and also, like,
3: I respect their team because it seems like they understood the limitations of what they were capable of doing, and you know what I mean? It seems like they set themselves a goal... And we're okay with making this game the way they made this game. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason, I, the, the evidence I have for that is we got the game a month early. And they were like, yeah, this will be pretty much the experience. Like, the game's done. It's in a good spot. There won't be, like, a big patch. Mm. We just think it's good now. And, like, that almost never happens. <laughs> like, we almost never get a game that early, let alone a game that early that doesn't need a bunch of bug fixes, that doesn't come with a three-page thing of, like, here's what's broken – uh this game came to us finished yeah. and it worked. Right. I didn't have any technical problems at all with a game that's heavily network dependent. Right. A month before the game came out.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. It very much feels like this is the, exactly the game that they want to make. And, and that, that, was was spec- thing, that. that was the thing that was the thing that was the the sensation that was hard to shake about MGS5 where it was like you didn't quite get to go all the way, did you? Yeah,
3: compromised.
0: Right, where that I certainly don't feel that way about Death Stranding. I think Death Stranding will be incredibly divisive. Yeah. But I feel like they got to make and present it exactly the way that they. And
3: wanted. like, for me, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Like the fact that this game exists, yes. a- at all, and the fact that this game is what it is, and that they took this weird chance, mm-hmm. like they didn't come out. They didn't make a game trying to please everyone. Right. They made a game that's bold and weird and sometimes bad and sometimes incredible. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really meaningful stuff. That's right. that's daring and cool and interesting and yeah, like it's almost better for things to stumble sometimes. Right. Because that means you're aiming for something hard to hit. Right. You know? And yeah, so like the fact that this game exists at all is just wonderful.
2: Super cool. So great.
3: But I love it
2: yeah mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> like you can't i can't hate this game I actually really like this game personally but like
0: I think that anyone who does hate this game like wants to hmm. you know i I don't agree with that i I really think you can play death stranding
3: i think there'll be people who don't enjoy this game and I think right. that's one hundred percent valid but yeah. if you're like mad at death stranding for existing i think you want to be
0: right i I don't know i'm not i don't think it is Right for me to say, the way that you feel about something, sure. like a video game, sure. like you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I don't know. I mean, console exclusives are always gonna
1: be, yeah, targeted, targeted. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. than yeah. other games. I guess all yeah, I mean, I'm saying not, that's, is that's the like, I I'm
0: think. I'm super not interested yeah. in no. Th- no. console wars. wars. No, not no. at no. no. I'm just saying, like but, it's
3: it's a net gain for the
0: human race that this game exists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree.
2: Like, it's that's a,
0: all I'm saying. <laughs> it's a fun game to talk about, um, and I'm really, I'm actually really curious to see what people think about it, and this was a thought I had uh, thinking about Death Stranding and seeing people stream it, and that feeling really weird to me, where I was like, I, <laughs> and I could be completely wrong here, but I feel like Death Stranding is not a game that Acclimates to streaming culture very well. Yeah, no. and that I don't think I would want to stream. Very my meditative
1: game. Very, very. Despite being about bonds, like right. a game I would want to play
0: and in, in silence and think about. Right, uh, and like I, I love. I mean, we stream all the time, and mm-hmm. I love watching streams. I watch streams all the time, mm-hmm. but I, I do sometimes I think about like the the, the side effects of those things, right where. You remember that time where everybody was trying to force multiplayer into their game? Yeah. Like, I don't think every game should be, like, the most streamable thing. I don't think that's healthy either. And so, like, I don't think if you watch a stream of Just Stranding, like, it's not going to be necessarily a fun stream. uh, And that's okay. I don't necessarily think that that makes it an invalid game. Yeah. Also, it's weird
3: because I was thinking about this the other day. I was like... I mean, I have no idea if they're going to do DLC or what. But I was—I had a weird moment where I was like, "I wonder if I'll ever play Death Stranding again." Like, will I ever jump? It feels back like in? a
1: Kubrick movie to me, where I'm just like, uh, "Maybe like 20 years from now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe in the next decade I'll play it. Come back to this. Like, it feels—it <laughs> feels like a distant memory. I do thing.
0: just kind of want to pop in and see how yeah. people are True. building and interacting with True. each other, for sure. But um, it's not something where it's like. I could see myself sinking a ton more time into it.
3: Well, and I wonder how long your the th- like ladders and whatever you leave will stay in a game if you're not playing it anymore. Like will you get instanced into other people's worlds with your ladders or whatever uh, or if you're like absent from the game for 2 weeks does everything you put down get time falled out? You yeah,
0: know? the the exact specifics for how many people you're playing with, like what is what is what is your pool and how quickly things degrade, I don't know. But th- those are just systems in place to make it manageable. I
3: super yeah, I super look forward to I don't know who does who will do this video like Digital Foundry or whoever. Like I want to watch YouTube videos about the tech behind this game. Like mm-hmm. I want to know how the social stuff works. Like how big is the pool of instanced.
0: At the same I, time. individuals in on the, at the same time, I don't right exactly <laughs> like, yeah because I I, I, I love that you. I don't know how this thing works and it just does. I've definitely had those those feelings as yeah. well as desires to be like okay how is this working? This is this is like very opaque and I like you're just kind of like logged in or logged out. It feels like it's very but at the same time I think it it adds to the illusion yeah. of like hey this this person just showed up like I don't I didn't know exactly how Journey worked right and it wasn't it wasn't. It was very sparse, right? I think, on purpose to kind of make it feel more realistic in the, fe- in the sense that, like, oh, I just stumbled upon this.
3: Well, and, like, we were playing, obviously, with a smaller player base than there will be now. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that will change the feeling and experience of this game sure. or if it just gives you that amount of people's stuff. Because, like, I definitely saw the same people's stuff popping up throughout my entire playthrough. And I don't know if that's because they're in my
0: region. Well, like, I wonder if that is also influenced by, it's like, oh, hey, like, you engaged with this person. Right, so we'll show them to you more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But
3: it's also funny because there was another player and I who must think in similar ways because, like, they would have, they put a thing. We were basically, like, completing each other's projects, it felt like. But logically I know that the game was probably only showing me 50% of what they built because logically they would have done the same thing I was doing mm. you know and so it's just oh man it's so wild the tech of this game
0: I, I like to imagine that Kojima is just in a dark room and he's monitoring every single game player and he's just doing it manually where it's like you yeah. can play with him you get this you, you can he literally play. has like his
3: <laughs> body hooked up with wires yeah. and he's just like pulling on people's strands and <laughs> yeah. Cool game. If you hate this game, it's valid. I didn't want to say that it's invalid to hate this game. That's not what I meant.
1: Just in twenty nineteen to feel as fresh and original as it did for me is yeah. so cool. Like mm-hmm. yeah. in a world now with dominated by franchises and sequels. Yeah. You know, a brand new IP that
3: just felt unlike anything really I'd played. It's cool. It's so good that this yeah. I'm so happy about this game being so weird and unbalanced and uneven in quality. Yeah. Like, even though it it is all those things, I'm, I'm thrilled that this game is around.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's hard because $60 is a lot of money and people yeah, are strapped for time and they have a lot going on. But it's like, it's also, I think, one of those things where it's like, hey, if you can, if you have the opportunity, which may be hard to come by, I totally understand, like it's kind of an interesting thing to work through and it will it's i don't know i like you said Huber i'm i'm really glad that it's there i am i am i'm really glad that's there and i it was yeah it's it's also nice because were this like other games that we get like sometimes it's like hey you got this game and then the embargo is in 3 days Right. like i'm glad that it wasn't like that where it's like hey we you got this game and you have i don't know like a month yeah. To play through it. Like, it. Yeah, three and, and a half weeks. I got to talk to you guys about it. It was like, oh, that was... Well, that's, that's actually... That was awesome.
3: That's actually what I was going to say, like, my biggest advice for this game. You know, like, I'm sure there are going to be countless, like... Tips for getting started in Death Stranding yeah. videos. My biggest advice for this yeah. game is take your time. Right. And don't feel rushed. Play I, this when you when you're not rushed. Totally. There are so
0: many games and that I think like looking at those tip videos or whatever like may totally help you and yeah. it makes sense that they're there. Yeah. But yeah, I was seeing those two and I was like, wait, <coughs> no, like you don't, don't watch those videos. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Because the whole the the joy of the, the biggest
3: joy of, of this discovery. game is figuring out what the hell you're supposed to be doing <laughs> yeah. half the and, time. <laughs> And
0: don't be like, I got to get to the end, I got to get to the end. Right, right.
3: That's the poison of this game. If you're trying to rush through Death Stranding, you're not Mm going to have as nice of a time, probably. Because there were times Mm -hmm. where I felt rushed because, like, you know, we had videos and stuff we have to make about it, and I wanted to finish it before I cut the review. (coughs) And, like, that stressed me out. I was like, oh, I got to finish Death Stranding. It started, like, sometimes feeling like a chore. Mm -hmm.
0: But now that I'm finished with it, I'm glad I... You know, finished it. I but. mean, I, I don't want to say that you can't ever be like, okay, I'm ready to move on with the story. I just think mm-hmm, it's a game mm-hmm. where where take at least some time at some point throughout the game to Take a knee. Play around with it or t- yeah, take a knee yeah. or, Persona or, Five. Take yeah, your time. Yeah. Take your time. Take your time. But yeah, I mean I'm sure like there were times where I I wanted to move on with the yeah. story. Like There were definitely times
3: but, where I like wound up. You like, feel different things at different <laughs> times. Where you like Got somewhere that was really hard to get to, and then you're like, "Oh, I I, I gotta have go to go back." back. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I gotta go back. <laughs> you're like, no.
0: But then you do because you're just like, "Ah, oh, god."
3: Maybe a new lore Roar song will play.
0: Hey, we spent the first rough. We roughly spent the first hour talking <coughs> about *Best Stranding*. Figured that how that that's, that's, how that's how what go. I figured it would be. Yeah. That is a. That's a game.
3: That's a video game for sure.
1: The opening throws, like, the first hour just is so <laughs> overwhelming. I'm just mm-hmm. like, ah! So much stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, ah, man. But in sometimes, such a Sometimes way. I like when a game is willing to be overwhelming, yep. which, uh, which is a sentiment we will return to later in this podcast. Um, so the demons of the Frame Trap realm. Oh. Uh, once again, do not have a forbidden word. No. Oh. They are... They want to form a connection, and they're like, it's so hard to form a connection when you can't shake hands. And uh, their their way of communicating to us is they want to know when we think some games that maybe not even are announced, or if they are announced, don't have release dates, when do we think they're going to come out? Mm. And I don't want you to think too hard about this. just want to create a small discussion and your gut reaction. Okay. When do you think Street Fighter 6 will come out?
3: Whoa. 2021. 2022. Holiday.
0: (laughs) Mm. This is hard because I feel like there are two impulses fighting here. Trying to be realistic and also just really wanting Street Fighter (laughs) (laughs) 6. I'm going to say end of 2021. Cool. but it will be announced next year mm, yeah i agree okay diablo 4 2020 you think 2020 yeah yeah hopefully. end of the year holiday i, I yeah. do not think so based on what they came out or of, or and like
3: said. march 2021 yeah
0: or I, November
1: 2020 or march 2021
3: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or they're gonna aim for holiday twenty twenty yeah. and then it'll get delayed until mind. holiday twenty twenty three. I think I think like twenty
0: twenty two is
3: even very possible. It's been
0: so long already though. Yeah. Well, you know. It's blizzard. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I'm gonna say twenty twenty two. Woof. Ah I'm gonna say end it of twenty 20- really twenty. I'm, I'm gonna say end of twenty twenty one.
2: Yeah.
0: That feels more possible. Yep. Metroid okay. Prime Four.
3: Well, they went back to the drawing board like beginning of this year, right? It's the
1: 2021
3: holiday. Yeah.
0: I don't know why I want to be more optimistic about Metroid Prime Four and say end of 2020, but that doesn't seem realistic. But I think that'll be like Zelda too. That'll be Breath of the Wild. Yeah, too. it doesn't seem realistic. It doesn't seem real. Does
1: twi- yeah. the summer
0: Does summer 2021 sound plausible? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Summer, you said? Summer 2021. Remember,
1: we're in a pre-Game Awards time right now. True. They are. True. Everything uh, could change. Yeah,
0: everything can change
3: like
1: that. Doug, Keely snaps his fingers. Yeah. Doug
3: Bowser repels Boom. out of the ceiling on a rope and just has <laughs> Metroid. But yeah. Yeah. Holiday 2020 at the earliest, but probably 2021. Breath of the Wild 2 is holiday 2020, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, th- I think so.
0: I think out of any of these, yeah, I agree with yes. you. I feel the most confident about that. Yeah. Holiday yeah. 2020, yeah. Yeah. Streets of Rage for March 2020. <laughs> Has that not been That's announced? In like five Correct.
1: months. <laughs> Did no date. No date. Really?
0: Yeah. That's shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh wow. wow. Jeez. I could see that 2020. I think this is Halloween 2020. This, like this is like one of the hardest ones. I could see it. We've seen. We've kind of one seen trailer. nothing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think early 2021, not around Halloween, unfortunately. Really? Spring. So yeah. you're going to
0: say spring 2021? Yeah. But like, I think that's Evil like Within, how
3: long did Evil Within 2 take? Because that was like fairly quick, wasn't it? it took uh, two years? three years, three, I think. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm. Or two. I'll just forget.
3: Two or three years. I thought it was quicker. I thought it was like two, but eh, I have a bad memory. I do too.
1: I I think three years, but two because two af- because there was so much DLC. I feel like I feel like
0: you can sense Tango GameWorks, so you know whatever you land on. <laughs> yeah, probably whatever. Take your Huber word for says. it. But yeah, it was just interesting thinking about like, hey, when when will these things? Exist? Some heavy
1: hitters with no release dates yeah. for sure.
0: Well, and Street Fighter Six hasn't even been announced. Yeah so. is the is that the end of the list? That's the end of the list
3: because there's one I thought would be on there. What's that? Ghost of Tsushima. Oh,
2: well, yeah. when the hell is that game coming out? I PS5
3: think... launch.
1: Yeah, that's, holiday
2: this holiday yeah. I I, I that's guess a holiday.
0: Holiday 2020. That's a PS5 as... launch title, dude. Hmm? Maybe it has to be. I I think fall of next year. Like 2020, 2020.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So you think launch at like October PS4 and then like November or September PS4 and then November PS5? I I could Cross. see Ghost
0: of Tsushima being like a swan song yeah like, very end of the life game Interesting. I wonder
3: what's the, what's more lucrative like being a swan song game or being a hot launch swan title song, probably dude. Swan song. so There's many PS4s. more people yeah way more people have that console so yeah <laughs> think
0: about how many people are going to get like their first PS4 this this month or yeah. like yeah, you know, yeah, for, yeah, for, for yeah. Christmas or something yeah, so I yeah. think you, you do get a lot of that truly well.
3: truly especially the yeah. deals Yeah, Black Friday deals and everything probably down to like what 200 this holiday standard maybe? probably yeah. PS4 standard, like, yeah. yeah they'll do a bundle probably mm-hmm. some kind of
0: our rampant speculation is brought to you by these wonderful sponsors <laughs> uh our first sponsor is greg the dark knight kittering thank you greg next we've got Zotek. do you play final fantasy 14 <laughs> are you on the crystal data center not anymore. Search at <laughs> Zoteg, that is X O T I G on Twitter for a link to an A Crystal Discord server. Uh thank you, Zoteg. Our next person is accounts payable. Who would like to give us a free shout out? What would we like to shout out today?
1: Oh. Shout out to Disco Elysium. Yo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're talking about Disco Elysium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, on Yo. Show. we're about to talk we're about get ready. To, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're love hyping up. Yeah. A segment (laughs) on this own episode. (laughs) Yep, great. Thank you, Accounts payable. Next we have Gift of Heaven. Gift of Heaven is a rad and righteous RPG created by O.M. Hawkstelter for your 3DS. In this apocalyptic fable... World Emperor Makelvis finds himself powerless to conquer the evil inherent in, in the Empire itself. In his unrelenting quest for utopia, he conspires with the last archaic vampire to combine Earth with Heaven in an unholy alchemy intended to end the world as we know it. At the same time, the dread wizard Kilbaz seeks to destroy all life by summoning the Black Hole Sun... <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, the end is coming. And so is Gift of Heaven when you download the prologue for free by searching the 3DS eShot for the RPG Maker player and searching on the RPG Maker player for the nickname O.M. Hawk. Check out the Gift of Heaven YouTube channel to watch the prologue launch trailer, a weird promotional short film, and a spooky Act 1 trailer. And let O.M. know what you think in his thread on the Easy Allies forums. Thank you, O.M. Hawkstelter, and Gift of Heaven. Next we have Deventry Paperworks. Shout out. Shout out. Big shout-out to our mega-sponsor, ViewSonic. Have you ever wondered what a gaming monitor from Tron might look like? How about the most Star Trek monitor ever? The new XG27 series from ViewSonic Elite has finally dropped and looks fantastic. Featuring innovative nano IPS technology, a 1-millisecond response time, and 165 hertz refresh rate, your monitor of the future has finally arrived. Visit ViewSonic.com Elite to learn more. And for giveaways and updates, follow at ViewSonicGaming on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much, ViewSonic. Uh, I think it's time to talk about Disco Elysium. Nice. Can I grab uh, <laughs>
1: a drink really quick? I'll be back in five seconds.
3: Yes, you can. Five seconds. Give me one. What do you want? LaCroix. Go. Cool. Are you going to cut this part out, or is it going to stay in? We're
0: keeping it in. Disco Elysium, me baby. All right. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, I suppose I'm the only one who's played it. Yeah, you <laughs> Sorry, are. You're the only one who's played it. Yeah. I really want to play it. Someone, uh, I'm just. My gaming habits are weird. Someone on... Twitter, mm-hmm. was
3: like, you gotta play Disco Elysium, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and then immediately after that happened, uh, Justin Spear from Game Trailers yeah. messaged me directly on Twitter and was like, you really do have to play Disco <laughs> Elysium. And I was like, wow, okay, if Justin likes it, uh, I gotta check this thing out. It's The Justin push is a good push. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good push, especially because it's very sparing that Justin yeah. Spear will push something at you. Right, it's... He won't push it unless he really believes it. Right? Yeah, and uh, it's funny because a lot of people use the the phrase like, or they're like, "This is the most Ian thing ever." Like, this is very you, you know. Yeah, which is flattering and it's great, but usually wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the right on the money with Disco Elysium so far. I've, I'm about six or seven hours in, and man, I really like this game. It made me nervous this game a little bit because. It deals with political stuff and and all that kind of stuff and and one worries, uh, especially in like indie spaces and with games I've never heard of the developer and stuff like, like, is is this team on the up and up? Like, is this game like secretly pushing some kind of weird agenda that I don't know about? And I looked into it and I don't think it is. I think it's just a game, which is great. Uh, but I yeah, man, it's so well written. So what is it? Let's let's okay, like yeah, top let's, down. let's go back yeah. to Well Top Down, yeah. It's top down. <laughs> it's sure. isometric. Uh think old Fallout or Arcanum or uh I don't know, Planescape, Torment. I don't know. Uh Infinity Engine games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Divinity, Original Sin Two, that kind of stuff. It looks kinda like that, except it has this really cool kind of not watercolor, but kinda like interesting freaky kind of art style the art looks painterly yes yeah it's, yeah, it's it, I love it it looks really really nice um, some some stuff like this in this style are really unsettling like uh, this one skirts that somehow though mm. it, it's unsettling intentionally sometimes but um yeah yeah but then it is the word I keep using to describe disco Elysium is literary it feels like I'm reading like a Nabokov novel mm. which from me is high high praise cuz i think Vladimir
0: Nabokov is a genius and like was i guess um see when you when you say literary i can i can be like oh i i can identify like the positive aspects of that but it also gives me pause where it's like, I could also see that being a slog. Like, sometimes things can be good, but too dense.
3: I, yeah, I agree. And I think that this game will for sure not be for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's funny because normally I get really bogged out and tired of games that have a lot of reading. in Mm -hmm. them. You know, like, uh, older, yeah, some of the Infinity Engine games, I'm just like, all right, like, you're talking too much. Like, uh, you know, speed it up. This one, I, I don't know. I'm like ravenous. I want to read. I want to all go home it. right now and continue the journey. So, yeah. uh, so you're playing it too? <laughs> yeah, Have you, played you started it. Okay? Ninety minutes. Really? Yep. You started. That's this why movie I gave it too? a shout
1: out. Yeah, for you. Because I knew.
3: I didn't know. I thought and I was the games,
1: only one. Well, you were hyping it up, and then that very same day, GameSpot gave it a ten. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Saw the ten, and then Ian is just like, goody, goody, gody. Like, I really hope more allies play. Like, yeah, end yeah. of the year time. So, I,
3: and it's it. It it really is
1: catching me by surprise. What was so your signature skill? Cuz in the the beginning is really cool.
3: Conceptualization. Okay. I yeah, went empathy. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. The, yeah, that that's That makes sense. Yeah, that, that fits. <laughs> empathy is is my like B tier skill. Like, nice, yeah, I'm good at that. I'm like not physically adept at all. Nice. In fact, my first I I <laughs> I played the fir- I started the game and I was like five, five, one, one on the like. So it's like brain oh, skills, okay. like emotional skills, uh, physical skills, and like endurance or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I got killed. I died immediately <laughs> trying to pull a tie off a ceiling fan. I had a heart attack and died. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, four four two two. It's oh hilarious. <laughs> the game killed me in the first couple of minutes reaching for a ceiling fan top. But I,
0: I love that. I love oh, it's amazing. moments like that in RPGs where it's like, oh, that feels unique to exactly the choices that I
3: And like the way that this game does skills mm. is unlike anything I've played because, you know, most games will have checks. Yeah. RPGs like this have like skill checks, which is, you know, this game also has, and we're all used to that. And it's like, okay, you have to check your persuasion skill against their check, and, yeah. and if you get it, you get it. Is your number high enough? Right. Yeah. And this game has that all the time, constantly, except the skills are kind of nebulous and sort of weird, and often uh, they like emerge <laughs> as like almost like multiple personalities or like voices in your head. Like I, I my my main skill was conceptualization, which mm-hmm. means you like see art in everything. That's nice. like what the description of conceptualization is. Um and I'm like when I'm starting the game, I'm like, I don't know what that'll mean for <laughs> gameplay, but now I get conceptualization is like this voice in my head that's just saying like uh, you know, describing like a blood splatter as, you know, like an a Rorschach painting, like a painting or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like Encyclopedia. I don't know how high your encyclopedia skill is, but it's really useful because it'll just pop up a lot with like random facts about things you're looking at, and it's awesome. And it's like they all, yeah, Yeah. and they all have like little different personalities,
0: kind of, yeah. So is that kind of what it comes down to? What keeps it engaging with the the conversations that you're having and the the way that you're learning about the world is it feels like it's kind of going. Through a filter that you decide, and it's a weird filter that that is unique and different uh, than what you would maybe expect from this kind of a game. Like you're not, yeah, it's not just yeah. like, hey, you. It's not just intelligence. It's taking something and kind of abstracting it a little bit more.
3: Yeah, abstraction is the right word for this game. Like everything is veiled in sort of a kind of fog, which. I mean, is very appropriate given that the story starts with you on the d- with like the most most Great apocalyptic premise. hangover of all time, <laughs> yeah. you know. And you're 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 uncovering yourself <laughs> as much as you're uncovering this case. And it feels it's funny. I saw one headline. I didn't read it because I'm trying not to read anything about this yeah, game yeah. while I'm playing it, you know. Afterwards, I'm going to devour all that stuff, but the people who like it think it, you know, GameSpot gave it a ten, and they're like, "This is the greatest thing. You can be this detective, and you can kind of do it your way." But then I saw one headline that was like, "It has the illusion of choice, but you're not really doing anything." And I mm. thought thought that was such an interesting, weird take because one of the things I love—pardon me—one of the things I love about this game so far is I really feel it feels honestly, it feels like the old Blade Runner game, yeah, um, where. I really feel like I have agency and the things I notice or don't notice are unlocking crazy new paths for me to take. There was this one situation I was in where it seemed like a binary choice to get around this muscle head guy to try to get through this thing. And one of the choices was like adopting his like weird racist mentality just to get on his good side so that he would let you past him. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like... It seemed like my only choice was doing that or fighting him, and then I was like, there's gotta be something else. So I like looked around and I found another way through. Mm-hmm. And that was just because I was looking around, mm-hmm, you right. know? And there's a whole bunch of stuff that I could have just completely missed. And I think the game would have moved forward without me ever seeing that. Right.
2: And I
0: love that. I respect that. Yeah. I, I having not played the game myself, uh, Somebody's saying the illusion of choice is interesting because I I do think that that can be a problem, but I yeah. also think it comes down to how well the illusion is crafted, right? right? Where like okay, like you might end up at a similar point, but if it if it if the game does a good job of making me feel like it's different, uh that that can be equally effective. Like it's not yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think it has to be so literal all the time. I think totally. so, some of it comes down to the presentation. Presenting it well is a skill. Yes. Like
1: Man of Medan is probably really not super... Right. There's right, not a right. lot of deviations. String of it, pearls or yeah, whatever say, but It yeah. really feels like you have a lot of control over it, mm. you know?
3: Well, I mean, that's the funny thing about yeah the illusion of choice as a concept in video gaming, especially narrative video gaming, because it's like the amount of writing the people who made this game did is finite. Yeah. So... Like they're going to have to corral you somehow. So every video game, narrative video game, is going to have an illusion of choice because you can only do the things they created for you to do. (laughs) You don't have free will; you have options, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's like, it's not like Minecraft where you can just do whatever you want, you know. And and it's so funny to have that complaint about a game like this. But I so far have, and I haven't beaten it yet. I'm I'm six, seven hours, maybe eight hours in, um, which I gather from how long to beat. Because Kyle, I think, asked me, and I looked it up, which I normally don't do, but uh, it was like 20, 25, 27 yeah. hours, which feels perfect for this game, you know? Like, that's the amount of time I think is is good. But, like, I feel like I'm having a unique journey and my own impact so yeah. far. I've played 90 minutes Ian, and I feel the same way, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, like, my friend Jack is playing it, and he got around that guy in a completely different way than I did. Yeah. And... and The way that this game handles failed checks, too, is really funny because um, sometimes even when, you know, you have a 79% chance of getting something, you'll fail. Mm -hmm. And then the game, like, a character will be like, you know, even if... Like, there was a thing I was trying to do, and it was like my third time failing it. Mm -hmm. And then this guy was just, like, flabbergasted. He was just like, yeah, I... I thought you, that it would work this time. I, I really don't know what to tell you. Like <laughs> this is getting depressing, you know? <laughs>
2: it's, just, uh, uh, it's funny, you know? <laughs> It's
0: interesting because I feel like a lot of what you're saying about Disco Elysium echoes our conversation that we had about Outer Worlds on the yeah. last episode. Um, and that's something that I really like about Outer Worlds, but you were you were like it's harder for me to enjoy Outer Worlds based on what I've experienced with Disco Elysium. And so that's that's really interesting. Uh yeah. because one of the things that I th- think outer worlds does a pretty decent job of uh so far is like there'll be times where it's like oh i clearly can't i my skill isn't high enough to talk my way out of this like that that option is gone from me but i think what What makes a game with decisions like that good is your remaining options are still interesting. So, like, you end up going down another path, and you're like, oh, that was still, like, thoughtful and cool. I don't feel like I missed out on something. I just feel like because of who I am, I took a different path. And I would hope Disco Elysium feels kind of the same way, where it's like, I can't do this, but what I can do is awesome and limited at the same time.
1: I love when every skill feels
0: valuable in a game. Yeah. Like, all the stats. Right. And so when you get that, when you get those points, you're like, I want everything. Yeah. I can't have everything. This is awesome. And And then clothes affect stats a little bit. So, like, I
1: put some clothes on and it, like, either gave me, like, a plus one or, like, some things gave me minus one on one thing and plus one on another.
3: And there are a few things, like, I could see you saying, like, a, a possible thing that could be read as a detractor in Disco Elysium is there are things that they call white checks, which are like a skill check that you can unlock again if you fail. And usually the way to unlock it again is by putting a skill point into the skill that it is, which, yeah, is in one way forcing your hand (coughs) to do that thing. But for me, it's kind of an interesting story thing. It's a narrative thing where it's like you're in a situation where your character... (coughs) has to adapt in this way to deal with this mm. situation, mm-hmm. which to me, it, the the skill point being applied to re-unlock to unlock that check again is sort of just like you are forced to adapt to this mm-hmm. in this way um, unless you have found some other way around it, which I have also done. Yeah, to, I haven't unlocked a check and I've found another way to do a thing before. So it's yeah. like, not always, but yeah. But the thing with Outer Wilds that was interesting is, yeah. Outer Worlds. Outer, <laughs> I do that every time. Outer Worlds, Uh Cause I play, I've played a few hours of that too, and I played Disco Elysium first, mm-hmm. and then I was playing Outer Wild, like only for like ninety minutes, and I was playing Outer Worlds, uh, and I I just found myself being like, oh man, I kind of would rather be playing Disco Elysium right now. And also, that's, the
1: music in that first bar. Disco Ian? Elysium, yeah, yeah, it's chill. I was like, do you have Ian loves this soundtrack? it was funny because then the
3: day <laughs> after that, I saw like on Kotaku or something where it was like Disco Elysium ruined the Outer Worlds for me. Mm. Like someone wrote that that article, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, yeah, I did have that experience, too. The thing with Outer Worlds for me is, like, I I really like it. I think it's really, really well made. But it feels like a game I've played before Mm. in a lot of ways.
1: But also, Outer Worlds being first person, you know, like, maybe the systems might be a little more advanced in Disco Elysium, but, like... I'm still like clicking here to like get to a place, you know. The the movement so far, I'm not 100% used to it. It feels a little cumbersome,
3: like an older game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In a lot of ways, yeah, yeah. But it's just has that like first person shooting vibe, I guess. It's a weird. It's a weird comparison
0: because they're similar in a lot of ways and couldn't be more different (laughs) in many ways. I, (laughs) yeah, your your perspective of like, hey, I think this game is is better for me and i like it more like i could i could totally see that happening with disco elysium but having only played outer worlds the opinion that i kind of have is just like why not both both? it's like it's like awesome that both of these well-written rpgs are getting the buzz that they're getting and
3: like i i plan on finishing disco elysium and then going back and playing more outer worlds Mm. it's just like Right now, my interest is so piqued by right. Disco Elysium that it, it,
0: it like overshadows Outer Worlds completely. Totally. But yeah, I do intend to go back. And I, I love that that kind of happened to you with this game where it was like a recommendation and you're like, okay, cool, I checked it out. And then you just got swept up in it. You just got absorbed by it. And those those are the experiences that you have to hold on to. Like, like I
3: haven't stopped thinking about it yeah, since I started I think that's, that's really, really cool. And you'll love it. Yeah, it's, really, so it's a guarantee. Yeah. yeah. It's a guarantee you'll love it. I'm, I'm anxious to hear what all the other allies think of it. Like, I, I think yeah. that it'll be divisive amongst us, which... There's a, really? There's a
1: 0% chance Ben doesn't love it. I think you'll really <laughs> like it. Like, especially
3: <laughs> given your love for Divinity and Path of Exile, Yeah. I think that you'll really enjoy this game. It's different from
0: those in yeah. a lot of really fun, cool ways. I'm sure it's it's so funny to say this because I am, like, in, in a way number one guilty of this, because I do this on this show all the time and on streams all the time and, you know, in privately with you guys all the time. But there's, like, a... Like, I think I'll really like Disco Elysium and I really want to play it, and it seems fascinating and cool and it's saying all the right things. But it there's also, like, this pressure where it's like... Totally. Oh, man, like, okay. Like, I just... Sometimes it's nice to just kind of, like, be removed from that and just not, not. it doesn't even enter your brain and you're just yeah. taking a thing on its own away from the noise. I've, like Sometimes it's nice to like wait a few months yeah. after the conversation has died down a little bit and then sneak in and play it and then you're just like, I just want to play it on my own. I yeah. feel
1: like right now though, it's still in that sneaking phase because mm. it's exclusive to PC. Mm-hmm. It is a very specific genre that a lot of people just don't care for or like yeah. won't engage, they'll acknowledge it but won't engage with it. I still feel like right now, even with kind of the buzz around it, it still
3: feels like the ship is still at the station
1: mm. yeah. with disco Elysium. Sure. Which is and I mean, exciting. It's,
3: it's sort of, I, I I I agree with both of you, but like I often find that I, I don't like hearing positive things about a movie or a game before I play or see it, because then it, it it colors my impressions, right? Right, right. And it's like it's 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 I wish I could recommend a thing without my recommendation just implicitly being uh, praise, you know. Sure, sure, sure. I, I guess what I the, the the remedy for that, I guess, is just to start recommending bad stuff and good stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that no yeah. one knows where there you're coming you from.
0: I think <laughs> you're talking. I think just what I'm trying to to articulate is it's like sometimes it's nice to just like put something on your radar and not have it feel like a, a to-do list thing. Yeah, because like yeah. you, if it's if it's especially something that like you want to enjoy or that you want to impact you or you want to have like the patience to like properly dig into and give a chance like i, I don't think that pressure necessarily helps
3: well and i mean first world problems like right exactly I, I love exactly
0: it's a fair point
3: well no i mean not your thing but like i love our job to yeah. pieces I, i'm thankful every day that we get to do this right. but a weird side effect of our job is that pressure where it's like We've all got to play all of the potential goatee mm-hmm. things before January because we have to all be informed to make decisions about them, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I've gotta play Outer Worlds, I've gotta finish Luigi's Mansion, I've gotta, you know, play this and that and the other thing. And it's like many times often that's that's a blessing, you know, it's great. Yeah. But like if I'm not enjoying something but everyone's like, "Oh yeah,"
0: but the ending is incredible, you know. Then it's like, "Oh well, okay,"
2: <laughs> you know.
0: Um, Got to see it through. Yeah, <laughs> I, that actually—that actually is a perfect transition for. Talking about Path of Exile, mm. but I don't want to cut you off from oh, Disco no, Elysium I, because it sounds awesome. I th- weirdly,
3: I think almost I've spoken too much. I think the mm. less you know about Disco Elysium, kind of the better. The less. Jump in now. The ship been is been at been. the station docked, been waiting been for people to hop
0: in. <laughs> yeah. No but it's pressure. Like, it's like, we'll be back around. Like, it's a friendly station. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll come back around. We'll pick you up Cause, in, in cause a couple of months if you want. Console versions probably will come out. Who knows? Next man, year at some point. Like, that that almost you, always happens. I think
3: you pretty much only use the mouse. I think so. It could work on Switch, maybe. I don't know.
0: Um, so I have been playing a lot of Path of Exile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what happened. I think so. To to kind of try to make sense of this. Um. A member of the Alice community uh, brought up Path of Exile. I think a few months ago, and I had dabbled with Path of Exile before. I had a, I got a like ranger up to seventeen, I think, ranger. or something. So I'd, I'd played it before. I had some experience with Path of Exile. I'd covered some Path of Exile stuff in the past, but like not, not really. Like, dove in headfirst into it, and I was like, I always wanted to. These people just, yeah. when they get into it, they get obsessed with it, and it seems really cool. And I, you know, I really enjoy Diablo and maybe the Diablo 4 stuff was like the final push, but I just was like, you know what I'm I'm feeling it it's free. Boot it up yeah. and I went down this path that of exile was fierce <laughs> and vicious and and awesome and it was it was kind of exactly what you were describing with disco Elysium where I, I felt like kind of out of step with with like you know the hype train yeah and because of that it just, felt like it got to wow me in the most like organic way where it was just like I'm I I know thousands of people know the strengths of this game but I feel like I'm kind of discovering this magic on my own and it's really really cool and I like I have so much stuff to play I need to play more Luigi's Mansion 3 I need to play more <laughs> Outer Worlds I've got to play Disco Elysium, but it was really refreshing to just kind of find something, latch onto it, and be like, "No, like I, like I know a lot of stuff is great right now, but I want to play this." That's such a good feeling. Yeah, it's such a good feeling, man. And 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 I'm
1: glad you're embracing it because, like, life just keeps on going, you know, just keeps on flying by. And like I wasted, wasted. I enjoyed a lot of my time with Fortnite, right? And that's a very similar thing where like. Played it, talked about it at work, but then, like, didn't really need to do anything more with it. But I just would play with my friends and just get so sucked in. And it's like, I should probably be playing some Gody contenders or, like, some other things. But, no, I'm just going to enjoy a couple drops and right. <laughs> just just enjoy
0: this moment. A couple more know? drops. It's, yeah. it's nice to have, I think, once in a while to have those things in your life that are driven entirely by love and interest. Yeah. You Yeah. Know? Um, and that is that is what Path of Exile became. So, to contextualize this, uh, I'm in Act 4 of Path of Exile. I've got a level 42 Marauder How in many Standard League. X? I wish it was in Blight League, ten, but. I think? There's 10 acts. 10 acts. Yeah, okay. 10 acts. Um, I wish I was in Blight League, but I'm in Standard League. I, the, What's the, wait, the what difference? Like? I don't know anything. Okay, about wait that. Are you yeah, an alliance? Here we go. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Whoa. Man. Whoa, the, the, whoa. Thing, <laughs> the thing that I have to be careful about with Path of Exile <laughs> is. Uh, it's, it's a game where you could get into the weeds immediately. Quickly, Yeah. There's so much to talk about. And that's part of the reason I love it. Uh, but there's so much to talk about in breakdown and I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to leave people stranded. Like I, I want to try to explain this in a way that, uh, makes sense. So roughly every 18 weeks, every three months or so they have a new league And it's very similar, kind of, to Seasons in Diablo. And they'll have a mechanic for that league. They'll be like, we're putting this thing in the game, and it will be this this new thing that makes playing the game different. It'll spice it up a little bit. So the Blight League, the most current league, what it is, is it's a tower defense game. And so you meet this character, and... She's kind of cool because she like sings this song, and you can hear the song, and then you approach her, and she's like, like "Hey, we, we gotta we gotta stop this blight. I have this machine to purify the blight. You have to protect this machine." And then what you do is there are all of these like blight strands that kind of scatter about, um, and even so, <laughs> t- I guess to to make sense of this, I also I've played a little bit of Blight League on the Xbox with a witch, but my primary character and where I'm spending the vast majority of my time is this Marauder in Standard League. But I have done a little bit of Blight League on. Xbox I wanted to see how it felt yeah. on console, on a controller. Um Because I tried it a little tiny brief bit on Xbox before that, and I was like, this seems rough. Hmm. Playing it again with a low-level witch and trying out this Blight League stuff, it seems much better than when nice. I first tried it. It seems improved. Um, but anyway, this Blight mechanic, yeah. So there's, it's a tower defense, and you have these nodes, and you can build towers there. And it's like, oh, you have ice to slow them down. You can build, like, fire towers, and you just have to protect the, the center part. So if, that, if tower defense is like fun for you, you can do it. You can get <laughs> loot from completing these little things. And it's just a way to kind of spice up the game. But what's really cool about Path of Exile and even playing in Standard League, and I'm not getting that Blight stuff, is I'm getting a bunch of stuff from the previous leagues that are doing, because they're updating all the time. They have thrown a, a, a stupid amount of stuff into this game in a really cool way, where it, it's like you're kind of playing it, and every so often you just get something and it was like, Oh, this was a big new feature at some point and like a good example of this is this Beastmaster where you'll go and he'll be he's this He's just kind of this awesome hunter guy, and he's like, hey, man, let's go capture some beasts. <laughs> and he'll just, like, appear out of nowhere, and you're going, and you'll see a beast, and you'll be like, all right, let's 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 go catch, like, four of these. And you'll go, and you catch him, and then you go to his place, and you go into the arena, and you fight these monsters that you captured, and it can be pretty challenging. And then you... you the, These monsters, if you fight them, like, in a certain way, you'll get these recipes, and you can get, like, currency and stuff, and it's very valuable. Um, but... Again, I could I could talk about a bunch of the stuff that they added. I could go on and on about that, but I think I kind of want to break it down to like the essential components of what makes Path of Exile so cool and why I love it so much is how much control I feel like I have over my character and how constantly I'm having to make interesting decisions. So Path of Exile is very infamous for its massive passive mm. skill tree, which I'm sure yeah. you've seen the thing yeah. with a bunch of nodes. I've played a few hours of this game, actually. Yeah, and that is that is really intimidating. Um, and I, I think it turns a lot of people off. And I think this is definitely a game where I could see somebody playing it and being like, whoa, this is too much. I get that. But it's also the kind of game where I feel like it is designed in such a way where you will make mistakes and it is okay. And you will learn by doing in a really cool way. And so I just was like, I I, I already started this Marauder. He's like level seven or whatever. I'll just continue. I just want to try this game out. And then it was like, what's so cool about Path of Exile is the way skills and gear combine. So unlike other RPGs where you level up and as you get higher in level, you'll get different skills or because you picked a certain class, you get skills. That's not how it works here. Every skill, every active thing that you're doing in the game comes from a gem. And these gems will be quest rewards. They'll drop from monsters. You'll get them from loot. uh, You'll get them from, like, chests and stuff every so often. And you will actually slot it into your gear, but it will have to match the color of the gem. So there's the the blue, green, and red, okay? And so it's like, oh, I want to do this really cool, like... My, my core my core ability right now is Molten Strike. And I hit people with my axe and these balls of fire oh, come sick. off. And it's like, if I want to use Molten Strike, I need to have a slot available where I can use that. And what gets really cool is you will get gems. Like, I, I love, like, necromancy in games. I just think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I got a gem where it was summon skeletons. And I was like... I need it. I need yeah. it. It's, 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 I don't I don't need it. Like I don't need <laughs> it to do well. Yeah. But I want to summon skeletons. And I'm playing this big, brutish, two handed axe guy in a lot of other games that couldn't even be a thought. I and it was like, oh, okay, well I don't have the intelligence that I need to summon these skeletons. So what I need to do is I need to change my gear around to get the intelligence and change my slots around so I can slot it in, but I can do it. And so you Bam, can that's just... my favorite
1: build of all time. Yeah. I could only do it in Oblivion. It's the only game I was able to have an
0: axe and a skeleton companion. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite thing. And <laughs> the, the choices that I'm making wouldn't mean anything if they weren't difficult. Where there are times where I'm, I'm like, oh, man, I kind of have to like- look at the gear and like, it it doesn't necessarily seem like this is a better choice. It just seems like a completely different path that will change the way that you play. Um, What's that? Of Uh, Yeah. Sorry. I keep (laughs) doing that. Um, I'm just being an idiot. And it's, I, I have like watched videos to understand certain mechanics and to understand the currency and to get a handle on like trading and stuff. But I haven't looked at a build guide and I'm really glad that I made that decision because it's it's been this nice process of this is what I want, and then this is what I need right now. And I'm learning like, oh okay, this this is really important. I should go, I should go over here on the tree. And it's just been it's something that is also really fun about fighting games, uh, where you're just like, this is overwhelming, and I'm gonna learn it slowly. And I'm gonna learn it bit by bit. Bit but by, there is so bit. much to learn, and it's so rewarding to do so that it's really fun to engage with. Um, yeah, I don't know, man I, I i can't I can't say enough good things about it. It's it's hard not just like gushing and like going into super nerdy detail. I really enjoy hearing you talk about it because yeah. you are smitten. I am. With the I exile. am. I'm totally <laughs> smitten with it. Uh, the The other thing that I really like is. I think aesthetically it does does a pretty good job and thematically it does a pretty good job. And so, like, I'm talking a lot about numbers and stats and all that stuff, and I think that is there, but I don't think numbers and stats and all that stuff are don't work unless you have a good aesthetic. Unless you have something that just feels like kind of... Good on a more basic level. And what I mean by that is like it all it all comes down to presentation like disco Elysium. i don't I don't think if you were into the aesthetic, like yeah. the choices and the decisions would mean as much. Like that's an important component. And in Path of Exile, for instance, you get an ascendancy uh, later on in the game. And what that is is it's like an advanced class. And what it, once you get the Ascendancy, you can choose three different options. And it's like, hey, like you can kind of do whatever you want, but because you picked this class at the beginning of the game, you can get bonuses for doing that, where it's like, oh, hey, you're a Marauder. Do you want to be a Berserker? Do you want to take more damage and do more damage and just be a Psychopath? <laughs> do you want to be a Chieftain who emphasizes fi- uh, Fire? Or do you just want to be this, like, a movable tank that you can just, like, absorb damage. And so you can make the decision. And those decisions are fun. It's fun having an identity like that. But the way that you do it is you have to do these trials of ascendancy. And what the trials are at first is they focus on one particular trap where they're like, okay, go through this maze of spike floors or go through these whirling saws because these trials... These trials, you will have to go through what is called the labyrinth and it's this really long dense thing where they put all the traps together. How long put- is the labyrinth? Um it's it's hard to say because I had a pretty weird experience with the labyrinth. Sounds awesome. We'll get there. Yeah, so and the thing about the labyrinth is if you die in the labyrinth Dude, at yes. any point, you can never do it again. No, you cannot. Not that you can never do it. <laughs> that would be <laughs> so playing, brutal. I mean, <laughs> you're locked
3: out
2: of this entire part of the progression system. Not that you can
0: ever do it again, but you have to redo it. You have, start it. Over, yeah. Yeah, you have to restart over. Very good still. Yeah. And what's cool is there's this <laughs> boss that you'll encounter, and you have to fight him multiple times throughout. Where he'll so like cool. He'll, like, come out of the ground. You have to do a fight with him, and will be like,
1: oh, and then like, go back can down. Can you do him. labyrinths as a group, or is this a solo thing?
0: I've I've just been playing entirely solo, but you can play with other people. I would cool. assume that you could totally do the labyrinth with other people. Mm. Can't, I've Just because I've been playing solo, I can't confirm, but I, I would assume so, and, yes, you can play online with other people. Cool. Um yeah, that's really, really cool. My experience with it is I was chatting with somebody online, and I thought I was in a safe space in the labyrinth, and I came back in, and it was like, you have died. I was like, no, and I was at the end of the labyrinth. Oh, no. And then I said to the person, I was like, all right, man, I need to focus on this. Talk to you later. And uh, I did the labyrinth again, and then my internet went out. Oh. And I was like, I don't know, man, and I gave it one more try, and thankfully everything worked out. and I got. How my, long got did my it take ascendancy. the last time? It, it went very quick because, ah. <laughs> oh, there's a frustrating into this. Something that I <laughs> didn't know. It, I think it, the last try, I think it was only taking 20 minutes. like it, oh, okay, it, okay. It was kind of the process of at the beginning. I was like being very yeah. thorough and opening everything and killing everything. And then by the third time I was like, no, I just got to get to the end, so I was be learning yeah. it. But at the end, because you get these keys and I was like, what are these keys for? This this seems weird. Like, there are silver keys that you can use on doors, but there are other keys you can get. And I'm like, I don't know what these keys are for. Got into the final room, and there were all of these chests. And I was <laughs> like, whoa, dude! And I opened two of the chests, and I was like, the gear that I'm getting from these chests is insane! And it's like, oh, you're out of keys. You can't open anymore. And I was uh, like, no, I didn't know! Because you didn't, didn't explore as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So,
3: um, can you do it again?
0: Or once you've done it, you've done it? Yeah, so there's, there's a... I think you can do like the normal Labyrinth again, but the way, I haven't tried to do it again, but I think you can do it again. The way that the Labyrinth, the way that Ascendancy works is you have this big Ascendancy tree. You only get two points. So I'm playing a normal right now. You only get two points. When you play on the higher difficulties, you get a couple more points and a couple more points. And so it's its like cool progression nice. on higher difficulties as well. Neat. Uh, nice. Which is really neat. But I love it a lot. I want to keep playing it. It's been distracting <laughs> in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, it's really, really cool. They're having a big um, they're having exile con next week. That's right. Yeah. Where they're going to talk about 3.9 and their big 4.0 thing that they're, they're doing. And yeah, so. this
1: seems like a game that's been around for 10 years and is going to be around for another 10 years.
0: Is that okay? Do we need a two or is this foundation still kicking? So I, I feel like that question is a very good one. It's coming at a kind of an awkward time because the the language that they're using for four is like this is this is huge. So maybe it will be the kind of transformative update that, that like visual upgrade and stuff, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's gonna happen. But um I mean Find this game this game has, so. has been around for six, seven years, something yeah. like that. And like I think it is cool that like I'm diving into it really, like, in 2019 and having, like, a blast. The fact that I'm not, like, oh, you know, it's pretty cool. I wish I would have gotten into it sooner. I Like, I don't feel that way at all. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so happy I'm getting into it. And look at all of this stuff that they've added, and it's awesome, and it's adding so much to the game. Um, The one thing that I would recommend, and I think this is, like, maybe a topic you could debate about. Is uh, one of the the thing, pieces of advice that I read that I took that was very useful is you is installing a loot filter. You just get so much loot, and oh, a lot of it is not good. That having yeah. this filter really has improved my experience, uh, and that's filter. that's interesting. So if I do, I do recommend. <laughs> what does this loot filter do? It's like a mod, like an add-on. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Like an OG, it's, this, Warcraft it's this download. It's this download that you can do, and you can put it in your game, and you can tweak the settings into level, ben. it. And you can, you can. I'm just using like the basic settings for the loot filter right now, yeah. but you can tweak it to be like softer or stricter depending on how you want. And so, so, it, so it blocks out loot you don't need.
2: It, or like certain it, rarities.
0: Yeah. So it, it's like evaluating the loot where it's like, hey, this is completely worthless, or like, and it will it will give you different labels where it's like, hey, I think this is really good. I'm drawing special attention to this. And it will label things where it's like, oh, okay, this border, like, I know this is a scroll of wisdom. And so it's just, it just makes it easier to identify things. It helps you avoid a lot of garbage. And at no point am I like, oh, I feel like I'm missing out on anything. Nice. It feels like it's just it is only enhancing my experience, yes. not detracting from it. Cool. Reminds me, of, yeah, right. old WoW, yeah, add-ons for yeah. sure. And the other thing that I want to say, and and maybe like just to, like, pique your interest because I know like you really like Diablo. Both mm. of you really like Diablo. I think part of the fun of that is just kind of like getting into that Zen-like state where you're just like yeah. killing yeah. monsters and having yeah. fun. Like this has that too. Like it's fun to just go and kill hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. Killing <laughs> monsters. So. Yeah, I feel like I got through. It starts on a ship, right? No, you 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 as an exile are on a ship. Your ship crashes. Yeah, and you wake up on the shore, and then you have to fight little squid,
3: yep. little, yeah, little yeah, crab things. Yep. I, yep. I got past that stuff on the shore, and like, then kind of stopped around there. Yeah,
0: um, so I, I like just did the tutorial. I think. I mean, I've done I've done three acts so far, and in my opinion, the acts are getting like better and more visually interesting as well. Cool. So, huh. Yeah, I think I was
3: playing a witch. I think I had a yeah.
0: witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, the little that I've played of which has been very fun. Um the the other thing that I want to say about it and it sounds like an advertisement but it's like really weird is it is it is like ultra free. Like all of this stuff, all of these updates that ultra I'm talking free. about, all of these characters, you don't you don't have to pay for any of that. How is it monetized? So it's monetized through Microtransactions and the way that these microtransactions take place is it's is it's cosmetic stuff. So you can get like, lay like essentially like layered armor in Monster Hunter World. It's like that where it's like uh-huh. this armor doesn't have any statistical bonus, but it will make you look different. Okay. So it's that it doesn't have an effect on gameplay. But you can also buy like premium tabs for your stash, where it's like, hey, if you buy these tabs for your stash, like you can name them or uh, and things like that. So you can buy additional stash tabs. Um, I'm trying to think of something else, but yeah, it's it's most of that. It's mostly cosmetic.
3: Yeah, just stuff. Cosmetic or quality of life stuff.
0: But it it created a uh, an interesting relationship with me, and I'm uh, I'm not exactly sure how to unpack this yet because like the skins are pretty damn expensive. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah, and so that seems to be kind of the trade-off where it's like you you can completely ignore this, but if you do, like it's gonna be. More money. It's like, like Fortnite. Fortnite yeah. skins are so
1: much. They're
3: insane. Twenty
1: bucks. Right. So like Heroes
0: of the Storm was yeah. so expensive. But like. but I I was like I I kind of reached this 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 decision where I was like I'm I. I like the look of this thing. It's really expensive. It's sixty dollars to get this this thing that I wanted. Wow! Whoa! Um, That is really when you said really expensive. I was like, okay, twenty bucks. Whoa! But it was it was weird. It was weird because it was like, okay, I have been having such a good time, and this has already given me so many good hours that like, I kind of want. yeah. Yeah, like it was. It was like. A, I want to look cool, and I want this thing for what it is. But then it was also like, I just kind of want to give it to you as a good job, like, and that that felt good in a weird way, which I'm sure is playing into the psychology of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. But uh, it was it, it I guess from my end of it, it was easier than than other games where it's like you're really. Making me really poking at that that wallet. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was poking. It felt like like I kind of came to it on my own terms. Well, that's good. So, but yeah, I don't there, know.
3: There have definitely been free to play games or games that we've gotten for free, where then I'm like, you know, I enjoy this enough to have bought right. it. Right. So I'll I'll pay for the
0: thing. You know. Right. That's kind of that's kind of where I came from with it. I think it would feel weirder if it was like sixty dollars and then I spent another sixty dollars on You're just right. this thing. Yeah. But it feels like I kind of just. Bought the game yeah. in a way? I don't yeah. know. We got a lot more to talk about. Uh-oh. And by a lot more, I mean Luigi's Mansion 3. Ooh. Nice. It's cute. What a cute game. That's it? It's just cute? It's great. It's good. What do you like about it?
3: I like when Luigi goes, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It just looks incredible. This game is right. beautiful. Right. And it's fun. The yeah. vacuum controls are confusing and weird. That's like the only downside to this game. There's you and
0: I have both run into it where just like there are times where you're turning left and right and it things get like weirdly mixed up yeah. or slow or it's like tank away.
3: controls for the vacuum only. I don't know what. Yeah. Like yeah, definitely there have been many times where I'm like wanting to go left and up and it goes right and down and I'm just like why what just happened or what you know
0: right it kind of falls into this weird category of complaint for me where it's like yes this is definitely existing and it's something that I'm dealing with but it's also like not preventing me from enjoying the game or really causing me to struggle and right. so it's it's weird it's just like kind of this odd annoyance that isn't super consequential the ga- well I think it's because the game isn't
3: high stakes enough. like the enemies aren't har- so hard right. that a little mix up is going to like ruin your day. Right. You know, it's not like trying to be a Souls-like with bad controls, where it's just like, okay, I'm never playing you. It's just like, hey, yeah, I went right for a second, but now I've got that ghost again, and it's fine.
0: <laughs> like, it made no difference. Yeah, it kind of falls into, like, I'm not finished with the game yet, but uh, it kind of falls into this category where it's it's an easy game, but it's not an uninteresting game. I don't want it to be harder. Right, yeah. like, the, the, like the boss fights... Have like pretty nice mechanics to them. Like it's not necessarily hard to figure out, but you're having a good time. And I think the puzzles kind of fall into that same mm-hmm. category, except for that barber one kind of tripped me up a little bit. But anyway, like for the most part, it's, <laughs> it's I, I, I'm comedy. having those those moments where it's like, oh, I have to stop and think about this, but I'm not like not every step is like this grueling. Like oh, I gotta solve this, and I don't know what's going on. Um, and so and it, it has a really good flow to it. And it's weird to play a game where there's more secret than
3: game. You know, there's a lot. It, of it feels secrets. like there are so many secrets in this game that there's like the percentage of game is mo- like 55% secrets, <laughs> uh, which I love. It's so fun, and it just dumps so much money on you that you don't really have much to spend on. <laughs> but like yeah. I don't know, it's just the right vibes. This game.
0: Yeah, I I didn't, Cozy. I yeah. didn't think the Cozy. shop was uh, all that exciting, but at the same time just like seeing the dollar bills rain down or like the sound of getting the gold bars yeah. it's like kind of fun yeah. just to just to pick it up yeah and so that's that's kind of cool and like if you think about it you're just kind of going from like floor to floor getting ghosts fighting a boss and like it could be a very repetitious yeah. structure but i think just the visual variety in the floors themselves and the presentation which you were talking about like the personalities of the ghosts themselves mm-hmm. and and uh Yeah, it's just, it is like delightful and extremely polished, and it's a gorgeous game.
3: And like, I was expecting it before I got to the piano boss to kind of just be the same kind of rinse repeat sort of a thing. Every floor, you just, you know, fight a boss, and the mechanics change slightly, but they're basically the same. But then I was like, oh, like the piano boss and the maid that swallows the briefcase or whatever, like, I'm like, oh, okay, they're actually going to change this stuff up more than I thought they were. Uh, I mean, I'm only on the fourth floor. You get them out of order, but I just got four floor, uh, four floor 4. four, four. That was hard to see. <laughs> it is. Um, weird. I saw someone with a license plate on a BMW that was forty four, but they spelled forty f o u r t y forty four, yeah, which is incorrect. And I was like, "Uh, oh, that was weird." But um, yeah, they shake it up and it's good. Mm-hmm. This game is cute. It's funny. I'm loving it. I don't feel like a ravenous need to play it, probably Mm. because of Disco Elysium. Mm. But uh, I want to fix. Yeah, I want to keep playing Luigi's Mansion Three.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because, like, with both, like, I want to keep playing Outer Worlds. I want to keep playing Luigi's Mansion Three. But I like Path of Exile is kind of that game where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, fiending for it. Yeah, Yeah. I know what you mean. Also, soapbox:
3: Halloween games should come out before Halloween, not on Halloween. Society has moved on to Thanksgiving now and Christmas for mm-hmm. God's sake. Yeah. The the creepy vibes period is pre Halloween, yeah. not post Halloween.
1: Like Fortnite Halloween event
3: after Halloween is just depressing. Yeah. It's like, man, I wish Halloween were still coming. Yeah. Instead of happened. Yeah.
1: The, I almost want to wait a year to till next Halloween to play Luigi's Mansion 3. That's <laughs> kind of because I have so much going on right now. So many things to play. So much to do. Yeah. The vibes. Will be enhanced. Man, I, I I
0: I get you. I totally get you. <laughs> or we
1: I,
3: need a second Halloween. Yeah, that too. In the year, the, the game is just so That's
2: damn really good. good. I'm gonna play it. You gotta play it for God's it yeah. It's it's <laughs> kind of
0: crazy because I I think you can just take like one room in Luigi's Mansion Three, and it's ridiculous how much you can interact with you are like oh, okay like here's the thing that you do in this room right so you have your basic obvious thing but then it's the kind of game where you're like oh i wonder if i can interact with this and you kind of get like you were talking about with disco elysium where it was like i wonder if i can do this like luigi's mansion 3 kind of has the same sensation yeah. where like i wonder if i can do this and then you do it and then it goes like even further and then it's like oh i went down this pipe and now i'm underneath the floorboards and there's a whole thing under here um it's it's like it's kind of fascinating cuz you you repeatedly have respect for the designers where you're like, I, it's crazy that you thought of that, that you put all of this together and it's, you just kind of let the player unbox it. In well, a really cool way.
3: This is the first Luigi's Mansion game that I've owned. Mm-hmm. I've played a little bit at friends' houses or on streams with us, but like I've never gone through one before. And so I don't know if the old games did this too, but the amount of physics objects in a room in this game was really mm. surprising to me. I'm like, oh, this is a game on the Nintendo Switch, yeah, and it's like control,
0: like everything in this room moves, right? Yeah, uh, and, and <laughs> past, having played both past Luigi's Mansion games, they definitely kind of had the spirit of of this, where it's like, hey, you can. There are secrets to find, and there are things to interact with, but this is like a whole nother, yeah, level of. And it's like activity. actually doing the physics. It's mm. like you you you
3: vacuum up this thing and it's just getting vacuumed the way it would. It's not like you were
0: pointed this way and so we activated that switch and the thing right. just comes at you. Just just thinking about like the stage and and all the stuff that we found there and how you can interact with Toad. Yeah. Like it was pretty pretty <laughs> wild and, and not necessarily the most obvious thing like you kind of had to put two and two together yeah to to make that stuff happen well
3: that's the thing is yeah the secrets feel continuously uh rewarding to uncover Mm -hmm. like they're not repeating themselves too often to the extent where i'm like oh yeah hey fun and like some of them are so innocuous like oh there was a piggy bank hidden in the wall right there that's fun like not really consequential but i like oh that's oh, cool man. Yeah. and the billiards <laughs> room with the sword yeah oh and yeah. then we were
0: like i wonder if this will happen and then it does
2: and you're yeah. just like ah! yeah
0: oh uh, what a what a cute game something that we haven't talked about that i think does bear mention is guiji yeah Gooigi. Um, and so there's there's you can play it by yourself and then the way that it works is like you're like oh okay i summon guiji and then i'm going to take control of guiji and so you can kind of Treat them like different pieces, where it's like, okay, I want Luigi to go over here. I'm gonna move him, and I'm gonna plant him here, and I want Luigi here, and then you do something with them. And Luigi can get through um, different things, so like he can like go through bars or through a event or something. But you can also play co-op. Yeah, uh, and that's really fun. It was fun. Uh, I actually found co-op to be like pretty advantageous because. Two people trying to interact with stuff. I feel like you stumble across things a little bit more easily. But also there are times where I'm like trying to figure out something and like I'm not thinking about Goichi because he isn't out. And then you have that moment, that aha moment where it's like, oh, right, I need Goichi. I think it is you you forget that you're controlling two. You have the ability to control two things sometimes. Yeah. And so I think uh, with co-op, it happens a little bit more naturally. Plus, it's just kind of funny.
3: Yeah. Like Gooigi like bumping into each other. Or like
0: <laughs> oh, is hilarious. Going through a,
3: a door and you just cease to exist and drop yeah. the key that we right. need. It was just really
0: funny. I don't know. Yeah. Um, also, just using the plunger to attach it onto things and then sucking the rope of the plunger and just like whipping things around is mm-hmm. really fun. It's a satisfying game. Yeah, it feels good to play it. Mm-hmm. Once
3: you sort of get used to the... Or just accept that the vacuum won't always do what you want it to sure. do. Yeah, probably wait till my Christmas tree's up, then I'll pop it in. Weirdly, I think I was gonna say that like you yeah. missed Halloween vibes, but it has like cozy see holiday de- break see in vibes. December. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you got to be on a couch.
1: Got to gotta play. be on a couch with a, either a lit pumpkin or a twinkling Christmas tree. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. demand it, man. <laughs>
0: there's there's a lot of stuff to like catch up on, and there's a lot of things that I want to play, which is like, you know. A lot on its own, but then it's also like got that Pokemon review coming. Oh that's boy. gonna be big. I and keep then, forgetting Pokemon. Is and then it's like, you know, I've got know. a I've got a wedding coming up, and that's gonna be its own whirlwind of life. So yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to treat things yeah. loose. Take Shen- them as they come. Shenmue, Shenmue three is like eleven days
1: away. Randomly,
2: yeah. You got your Shenmue three go, coming. What?
0: It's a big yeah. month, but, a big but that's month. that's like you parting the sea for right. Like <laughs> well, this, this would be your life, and you'll. We'll make everything come. Uh, talk to me a little bit about After Party, Michael Huber. After Party is
1: awesome. Getting the criticism out of the way at the top. Played it on PlayStation 4. A lot of stuttering. A lot of stuttering. stuttering. A lot of technical problems on 4 That's always a bummer. Yeah. Nothing, like, brutal,
0: but, like, annoying. You know, just
1: frequent.
0: It takes you out of it. Yeah. And this seems like a place that you want to be in. Yeah,
1: every like minute or two or three or four, like there's some little, uh, yeah, you know, and that that hurts, the flow. That aside, this is from the creators of Oxenfree. Um, And this game, the premise is two best friends go to hell and to get out, they need to... Beat Satan in a drinking contest. Uh. And this game is all about mood. It's all about the writing. It's all about the characters and the interactions. And it is a delight. It is a delight to exist in. Okay, so...
0: (laughs) Just just like looking from what we've seen in trailers and stuff, it does yeah. look very visually enticing. But I, I, I guess the question is like what is it like moment to moment? Or like are you yeah. pretty much just talking to people? Is drinking like its own yeah.
1: game? Yeah, dr- so you can get drinks at bars okay. and then when you get a drink, it unlocks additional dialogue options. There's like a ton of different drinks and they they have different categories, like liquid courage is one, and that'll make you a little more courageous. If I had to criticize another thing, it's that I never felt compelled to... I, I never felt like I ever needed a specific type of drink in a specific encounter. Mm. So mm. you're just kind of choosing whatever. Yeah. So, so you've
0: played through the whole thing? Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, never. It's really short. You can mm. get through this in like four or five hours tops. Um, and yeah, I just never... I never... I I wish that system had gone maybe a step further. Yeah. Um. Mechanically. Because, yeah, you're, this is a game you're not going to get stuck on. Like, Oxenfree, I got stuck on a couple mm. parts. Uh, this is just good momentum. So there's no frustration. You're not getting stuck on things. It's just you keep progressing
0: in the game, which is nice. Um, wait, the the concept of, like, hey, we've got to beat Satan in a drinking game, <laughs> right, yeah. is really cool. Yeah. But it also seems like something that could be resolved very quickly. So how what how, how does it evolve throughout the four to five hours
1: uh so yeah there you get in little little adventures along the way Mm -hmm. um you no spoilers like you meet satan pretty early on Mm -hmm. and you have to do some things before you are allowed to partake in the drinking contest with him so that kind of sets you on the path to go through the game and interact with different people and different stuff how are the main characters great okay super great um Really smooth dialogue, like really, just all that is really smooth. Like, is, it, is it funny? Yeah, I laughed. I, okay. laughed, I laughed quite a bit. Um, some characters better than others, some real standout characters. But overall, it was just really chill to play this game. Like, this is a really cool take on hell. Uh, and there's a lot of funny stuff. So it's just, yeah, visually and music and everything i i really recommend after party for sure cool yeah uh,
0: how much is after party do you do you know
1: uh, i think it's 20 bucks 20 bucks 20 to 30 i paid for it. 20 30 i believe
0: right have you played any after party ian yeah. not yet no okay uh, is that one that you're looking at or i should probably play it okay <laughs> all right yeah it's cool um yeah, but I, yeah, it's
1: all pretty much all story. There's a lot of story. Sure. So it's, so it's, y- it's hard to character
0: narrative thing get into mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's hard because there there are a couple of smaller games that like we've definitely shouted out on mm-hmm. this podcast. But like Sayonara Wild Hearts is another yes. one where yes. I really really liked it. But it's like I also want to ruin nothing for you because it's like an hour long. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's hard because like those don't those games don't necessarily hold less weight than these big things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, sometimes they do feel a little bit more difficult to talk about because of the space that they're occupying, but it's a really interesting space. And, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: It's just really nice to find a short game, too. Right.
3: Every game doesn't need to be so long. Absolutely. I played I played Sinara Wild Hearts actually here with my friends Jason, Pam, and Chris, mm-hmm. and we were just in the streaming stage... Not streaming, just there, because for whatever reason, I was here and then they were in the area, so we all just hung out here. And we played through the entirety of Our Wild Hearts, just handing it off to
0: each other. And I think it was like the perfect way to play that yeah.
3: game. It was like so much fun. God, yeah. That soundtrack. It's kind of like yeah, going on really a really good,
0: like a, an amusement park ride together for the first time. I yeah. feel like, yeah. That's awesome.
3: Like watching a Marvel movie. Marvel. It's Cinematic
1: like Cinematic a theme universe. park
0: ride. It's not a movie. I, I played it by myself. Me too. I played in darkness. <laughs> I ride rides by myself with headphones. Um. All right, Hubert. Yes. Yeah. Your late night adventures. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever stumbled upon
2: Oh, okay, Jackie! Okay.
0: Oh God. Uh, Hubert, I think you're gonna have some stuff to say about this one. Okay. I want to talk about bots. Ooh. Bots. I want to talk about. Bots, robots, bots. they're bots. taking over the world. Skynet is here. Skynet. They've taken our jobs. Your life is ending. Skynet. Now, <laughs> I want to talk no about- No fate, but what we make. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I want to talk about, specifically I want to talk about uh, bots in Fortnite. Uh, oh. We can also talk about Mario Kart World Tour. That's another example. Um, with my but hand. in in Fortnite Chapter 2, yeah. uh, Epic Games has introduced- bots and kind of a quick and dirty summary is is when you're playing you will encounter yeah. n- not real players that are obviously going to be easier to kill and this is the yeah. uh this is the, this is a statement from epic games in the next season we're adding bots to fortnite they'll behave similarly to normal players and will help provide a better path for players to grow in skill bots will work in conjunction with the new matchmaking system and as your skill improves you'll face viewer bots bots will not be present in competitive playlists i think that's important this is another system that we will continue to update and iterate so yeah i think i think optimistically the the idea of this is it's like hey man there are a ton of competitive games out there. Sometimes it can be really intimidating, especially when a game has been out for a long time. You jump in and it's all killers. It's something we talk about, and joke about all the time yeah. when we play games. All killers. And so, like, all <laughs> this this is a way to make that ramp a little bit easier, a little bit smoother. Yeah. But against, on the other side of it, you could also say, hey, it takes away the satisfaction. Sure. It, it feels deceitful. It's, you know, it, it people maybe think they're killing real people, but they're not. Is that weird? Um, and so, yeah, I just I think it's kind of a fascinating thing, and I want to get the panel's take on it. I don't. Know, I
1: think deceitful is a very extreme take. If one were to find this deceitful, I think this idea is smart because again, this is a new beginning for Fortnite. It's Fortnite two, um, and it is it is you know if you go in this game and you're a brand new player, like it's very intimidating. There's a lot going on, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and. I have gotten back into Fortnite for the season and I'm I'm on both sides of the fence here because when I drop and there's a there's a character kind of just like floating around doing nothing and like trying to come up the stairs but they're just running into the stairs not doing anything oh boy and I'm like okay well that was a bot you know like they say oh they'll behave similarly to players and it's from my experience no it's a bot. Yeah. Like you, you pretty much know. And that is kind of discouraging because when you kill someone, you're like, oh, that was a bot. And I like. I want to
2: go
3: into the game and start acting like a bot. Like d- walking into a wall.
2: People have started
1: doing that. Yeah. <laughs> there is that like meta now where yeah. people are like pretending to be and a bot. And then you're just and like, and like then, yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, Except I would walk into the wall and get killed before I knew anyone else yeah. was there.
1: <laughs> so I don't take any chances. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm. So it does kind of take it away where I'm like, oh, I I killed a bot, or like if I if I don't even know, I'm just gonna now assume I I killed a bot, and then I'm like, anytime I get killed, I'm like, did I did I just get killed by a bot? Am I am I bad? Or? Right? You know, so it, it
3: introduces doubt. in yeah, a Weird way. It
1: does, and I <laughs> wish I I hope because Fortnite changes so much so constantly. I hope maybe in the future. You can opt out of bots. That's what I was gonna say. Make it an option. You make it a training league or something, where the first like 50 games you play or something, or however many yeah. is a bot league or. 50 seems like a lot. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, when people play Fortnite, they're just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I just from a conceptual level, I think the reason that I like this is because it's like they they're like, hey, you will face fewer bots as you get yeah. better, and so it just seems like a way to kind of get people started totally, which I think which I think is interesting. yeah, um, and I sometimes I do think especially online competitive games could do a better job where where it's like I, I also think there's value in sort of baptism by fire and I think that can be good. but I I sort of get the philosophy of this. Mm-hmm. You can also look at it really cynically and it's like, well, if we make people feel good easily, They'll be more inclined to spend money. So that's But the promise
1: of, of them taking bots away is what really I like about it. It's mm. like, okay, this is not a permanent thing. You're going to face bots in the beginning and then they go away. Right. It's just that it, this is all the Wild West. I don't, I can't see anything that's going on behind the scenes. I don't know how many bots are in this match. I don't know, you know, th- I played a week ago with my friend. We we had a day. We're like, man, let's just play Fortnite for like a couple hours. Right. We ended up winning like, six games like the best we'd ever done because we had been trying to play with each other for like months yeah like it's time dude let's let's have a day this is post
3: bot yeah
1: yeah so we won like six or seven games which is the best we've ever done and i'm are and i at the end of it i was like dude are are we still playing bots like are, are there bots still in this game like we've won seven times like you'd think they'd all be gone and like we still think we kept running into them so I think just the confusion of it all yeah. is
0: very weird. So when I say I don't understand, I mean you can you can definitely uh, assume reasons here, but that that's the thing that is a little weird, right? It's yeah. just like like just label them bots. Yeah, yeah. just label them bots. Call sure. like it Killbot yeah. Five well, Thousand. Right. There was there, one
1: it, it, the the algorithmian. It felt like they put in a ton of words in the thing and it just picked yeah.
2: pick two. two
1: one of them uh kill the player called tree smasher and it's like that's got to be a bot right they Frozen just put like toast. smash and like tree just yeah. put a bunch
3: of action words in there yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> noun boobie- action word yeah yeah uh the i had a question uh it said competitive modes don't have it
0: or right right so is right. there like Quick play and ranked now? No, Bots will not be present in competitive playlists. What does that
1: mean? So there's a tab in Fortnite. There's only, you can only, like normal play is normal play like you know, but then they have uh, tournaments and stuff like... Events. Okay. So oh, I'm pr- okay. I'm pr- I think that's referring to the events that like, C- you can participate Okay, because at first yeah. I was like, I thought
3: they added, because yeah. I haven't played since 2, and I, I, mm-hmm. I thought maybe they added, like, they had, like, a quick play and a ranked that's or something. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I hope they do. Because if it's bots in quick play and not in ranked, I'm like, okay, fine. Cool, that's yeah. whatever. Totally. Uh, 100%. Yeah. I wonder if they'll add, like, an allow bots toggle in the options mm-hmm. screen or something. I mean, it'll make matchmaking a little more complicated, but, like... If you personally just don't want bots, mm-hmm. I guess that can be a choice. Yeah, and like you could just go in and lose if you're not good enough or whatever. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, optimistically, like right? I would just get destroyed without the bots. You know, this this is something where they they will maybe allow more control and they they will keep changing it. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's something to Fortnite's credit, right? Is yeah. how rapidly it changes. They listen and they <clears> seem to adapt. Yeah, you know? but I, I guess I'm, I'm just kind of interested in like the mental effect that it's having right now because you you saying, yeah, like you want that. Yeah, you saying you won six games. Yeah. It's like, I can imagine like maybe those first two games felt awesome, and then it was like maybe. It didn't feel as good. Yeah, like maybe to the point where you felt like you were wasting your time almost. I don't know. It didn't feel as good. Kills didn't feel as good. Like
1: dying kind of felt worse. It's, yeah, it was a weird sensation for sure. Did it hurt your interest in playing Fortnite? No, because I assumed after a couple wins, the bots would be phased out or there would be way fewer of them. Mm -hmm. I haven't played since that day so i cannot confirm I'm like ho- that's
3: i'm hoping they're gone but i wonder how good you have to be before you yeah, get like yeah. does ninja was, see bots at <clears throat> all
0: that was like, actually there's still one or two bots in yeah. there
3: or is it like gone by yeah. the time you've
0: won like 10 or 12 games yeah. that was something that was weird is in looking at the story and i i might have just missed something admittedly i might have just missed something but i couldn't i didn't find a quick answer to what does it mean when you grow in skill, there'll be fewer of them. Like, you don't you don't know the specifics. Also, it.
3: it says fewer, not gone. Yeah. Right? You'll encounter right. fewer. It's not like once you're good, they'll go away. As your skill improves, you'll
0: face fewer bots. Right. Yeah. And that so it's just fewer very...
3: still technically means that there could be one or two in sure. there.
0: Sure. Very it, ambiguous. Which it's...
3: maybe <laughs> maybe also, maybe they've mentioned this, but maybe they wanted to make matchmaking faster by like. Mm. Filling in a gap of like three players with bots, sure. Instead of waiting another twenty seconds or whatever. Totally. I mean, I don't know. Because sometimes, like b- back in the day, like matches would s- would start with like
1: 91,
3: yeah, 92 not players, full. not a hundred yeah. players. Yeah. So now maybe if it, if they were going to start with ninety two, they just put eight in. Fill there. in with bots, yeah. Which is like fine,
0: I guess, if they're yeah. chaff anyway, you know. Like, I I do kind of love you saying that. It has developed its own metagame of people acting yeah. like bots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that sounds fun. fascinating. <laughs> like, also maybe potentially super frustrating, but also kind of <laughs> fascinating. And I guess, I guess, where I ultimately fall on this is like, I kind of respect the concept. Think maybe they could be clear about some things, and because like, I don't want you to feel bad for right. I like, you you don't want your wins to feel hollow. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of like the the core appeal of battle Royales, right is having that adrenaline inducing moment when you finally win You're feeling to like be, you earned it to yeah. be
1: fair there's never really a bot in the final showdown when it's well, like one cause, would assume cuz yeah. to get the victory there's always that final showdown then there were just, we think there weren't bots <laughs> and we don't even know but we that's don't the even thing know.
3: that's the thing it's but like the, i don't think a bot is building a giant structure Right? Like, do they build at all the bots Kind of like rudimentary. I, it's so. <laughs> They're probably not greater, right? Well, that's the thing that keeps I keep. I know it's not a perfect analog, but I, I'm thinking of like Foucault's uh, panopticon, where it's like a panopticon. For those who don't know, is like in the the easiest example is a prison where the guards are in the middle and every cell has a window that the guards can see you through, but you don't know wow. when you're being watched. Whoa. America is a panopticon because you you don't know if you're being surveilled <laughs> at any time, right? But it's the it's the doubt that is it you can you can enforce a larger number of inmates with fewer wardens because all the inmates have to assume that they're being watched all the time because you never know when you're being watched, right? So this is sort of the opposite of that, where it's like it robs you of a little bit of that satisfaction because you have to assume that some of those kills were bots. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So it's not a perfect analog, but it feels like <laughs> sort of the same kind of thing. It's weird. Like, the not knowing is the what's, knowing is what's well. weird. It's so weird. I wonder if, if they all did say, like, Tree mm-hmm. Smasher bot. Yeah. Uh, right. If if you would be like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. The knowing would the make you... Bot.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I just... I Like, cynically, taking a cynical take on this, if they are crunching the numbers and they're like, oh, people are spending more money, more people are... Like, lower-level players are sticking around longer or something. If they do keep it as vague as possible and they just make the bots better or something like, I, I hope it doesn't go that way. I hope it's just cause like, I, I think this can be implemented well and have positive effects for the players in the game. And I, I hope it goes that way. Totally. Especially for the creative mode. Uh,
1: uh-huh. If they can use bots or however that works, it feels like that's another Avenue where bots could be a really good service.
3: I wonder how you test and scale the difficulty of bots in Fortnite. Yeah. And also I wonder if all the bots are at the same skill level or mm. if as your skill level improves and you're seeing fewer bots, if the those fewer bots are better yeah. than the beginner bots. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they have levels. This,
0: this will just evolve and we will just have bot matches in Fortnite that we place bets on. Yeah. Using real money,
3: we specta- like when we played oh my when we played uh, Killer Queen Black and we just spectated an all AI match. <laughs> it was really weird, and then people were watching us stream us watching bots play each other, and it got really like theoretical.
1: I feel like there's no better time for them to have done this, though, and I hope that in the coming months it gets ironed out or sure. changed or or better. I appreciate it's a new chapter and new just a whole new world in Fortnite right now. So how, I, how are you feeling about chapter two? I Sorry really, to interrupt you. I really, oh, really right. like it. I really like it. Uh it's leaning into its MMO vibes. So the map starts out all gray now. You fill it in when you discover places.
3: Uh oh really?
1: Yeah. Progression is XP based, which was terrible at launch. They're tweaking it, trying to get the payouts more, but like everything you do gives you XP and you're leveling up it just feels more like MMOe. Yeah.
3: So I appreciate the what, uh, what I was going to say is I just appreciate their willingness to shake things up. Like yeah. it would be very very easy for Epic to just rest on their laurels and not change Fortnite for years. It seems like non-stop shaking. It over seems like Epic. they're shaking it up non-stop and yeah. it, I appreciate that you know? there
1: are some times when it goes into
0: stable lulls yeah. for right. a right. couple months right. which it needs also yeah.
3: right you can't be changing things constantly yeah. Or, yeah. But,
0: I, but I feel like more often than not yeah, there's, they're there's just... yeah and it's <laughs> uh, not to completely change the topic but that was that's a thing that I was trying to articulate about Blizzard on the podcast is sometimes it, it, it seems like it needs to feel that way more with Blizzard games than it does Blizzard needs to shake it up a little I
1: think. yeah Oh, and they added fishing, then. Mm. Yeah. That's it. pretty cool. Fishing. And it's cool because when the you, only you place- You fish for loot? You can fish. Yeah, there's little whirlpools that you can fish in, like mm-hmm. little spots all over the water. And when you fish, you know, you wait for a bite, and then you, you get it so you can get, like, really rare guns. But one of the best things is it's only from fishing, is the slurp fish, mm-hmm. and it gives you, like, 50 health, 50 shield. So it's, like, really good if
0: you get that. Oh. yeah So... The slurp uh, fish cool. is like, it sounds nasty <laughs> as hell. Yeah. It's, it's like this, this global gross global thing. Dude, uh, I got my slurp fish. <laughs> uh,
3: fishing in video games is so interesting because it's it. like it's like this mainstay that's been around forever. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But I would wager that like, people love fishing in games that have never gone fishing. Or don't mm. want to go fishing. I've, yeah, I've been like fishing a couple times. But yeah,
0: I, you know, fishing is awesome. I love yeah. it. <laughs> video, <laughs> video game fishing, fishing is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: like I definitely prefer video game fishing to real fishing. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, used yeah. to fish sometimes, but
0: yeah, What uh, it was a thing in like Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts fishing. Yeah, that that was my fishing. And, like space. you fish with a little pole here and there
3: in the day. Putting the worm on the hook. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like that. I like I liked lures. Hmm. Like I liked using lures. My grandpa was a fly
0: fisherman. Oh. Got out there, stand in the water. Abby's dad likes going ice fishing. I've done that. I've ice never, fishing. I've never done it.
3: It's weird. Yeah. Do and you then, just like
1: sit in the thing and yeah. just drop it down? Right? Yeah. Is
3: that it? It's bizarre. That is but weird. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I see the appeal. You're out. You're hanging out. Whatever. But the the thing that always gets me is you'll you know later in the season. Growing up in Wisconsin, where I did. Like later in the season, lakes will start melting and you'll still see a two by four or a four by four out on the ice. And like, there have been times where like the that ice is so, me- yeah, the ice is so melted that they had to put boards from the land to the ice because there was open water, but they're still driving their truck out onto the ice. And it's just like, yo, guys, probably time to pack it in. <laughs> <She's> scary. <laughs> the season dear. is ending, dude. Like, get yeah. your truck off the ice. Yeah. The Midwest is an interesting place. Pack it in. Pack it in, boys.
0: <laughs> my, I, I I think that ice fishing kind of sounds cool, but I also hate the cold. It seems like... I fell through the ice one time. Did you? Whoa. Just a leg. It, oh. Uh, oh, dude. I, oh, man. I didn't go intense. under, yeah.
3: But I was small enough, I could have fallen probably through the hole. Been. I was like 9 or 10.
0: Whoa. Oh, my God. Falling through the ice. That, just, also, we found Worm. a
3: fish... On the ice, and then we
0: brought a slurp fish. <laughs> a slurp fish. We found a slurp fish on the ice, brought it back
3: into the house, and put it in warm water, and it came back to life for, like, two hours. Mm. Then I think we ate it. <laughs> <laughs> it died, you know. The circle of life. Circle of life. On Sewenya or whatever.
0: All right, are uh, we ready for some emails? Emails. Yes.
1: Let's do it.
0: Let's do Do it! Our first one is from Michael. Michael Gonzalez, he says... Hello. Hey there, allies. Mental health issues have been something you guys have discussed over the years with each other as well as with viewers. As someone who struggles with depression and anxiety, I was just wondering if there was a certain game... ...or games that you found yourself really connecting with during rough moments in your life. Hmm. Whether it was comfort from nostalgia or simply because the game reminded you of happier times. For me, I found myself really infatuated with the first Dark Souls and most recently Final Fantasy XV. Both games almost became medicinal at one point for me and they really helped me pull through some dark times... ...and also helped me discover new things about myself... To this day, I still pop those games in my console from time to time just to say hi to old friends and enemies I haven't seen in a while. Hope you guys have a good one. Love and respect.
1: Fortnite! Fortnite is so comfortable for me because I can play it alone or play with a buddy. And it's just got a really cozy feeling to it. I love just dropping on the outskirts and digging around and going in houses. And it's just so soothing and intense, but it's also not at all. It's so chill. Uh it's not like you know, single player games, you gotta I personally have to be so focused, so invested in the story and the characters. Um Fortnite is, is just pure relaxation for me. I can zone out and just kinda go in,
3: in autopilot and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's too good. It's interesting for me because, like, struggling with depression for most of my teenage years and into my 20s, sometimes I wanted comfort food, you know, like a nice, like, Suikoden or uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night or whatever, where it's, like, cozy, chill vibes. But other times, I'm kind of glad you had Dark Souls in there because other times I wanted to be, I wanted something darker that, like, felt like it's, like, yeah, you get it. Mm -hmm. Like, Disco Elysium, I'm like, you get it. (laughs) Like, you know? So it's interesting. A movie example is like I would watch As Good as It Gets a lot when I was a kid cuz like I don't know, I uh, the nihilism of some of the characters appealed to me and I felt yeah. seen or something. I don't know. But um yeah, so it's weird like sometimes a comfort food game can actually be a darker game. Yeah. Because you feel seen, I guess. Definitely. Dark oh God, Souls is a good example. Yeah, usually it's movies, movies for me. Yeah. The 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 comforting thing that I would use was Futurama. Uh, when I was, but as far as games like, yeah, just things that feel comfortable and like home to you, I guess.
0: Uh, yeah, Dark Souls one is is definitely one for me um, because at the time that I I played it, um I think it was just in a in a very down place, and I'm definitely somebody that struggled with depression, and especially at the time. Dark Souls one, there there would just be times where it'd be, it was like beating me into the earth, and so the victories that I had in Dark Souls, I kind of felt like were also. They made me feel like, oh, like you can do it, man! Like it kind of gave, it kind of helped. I I think, add to that sense of perseverance, mm. and that was really important to me, and that that I I think that's why I, I like forged such a I mean, obviously, it's a phenomenal game, of course. But that, that feeling of satisfaction I think had had a rippling effect in my life. and on the opposite end of that, I don't play it anymore. but hearthstone thinking about hearthstone, like my fatuation with it was like kind of at the ending days of GT and a lot of things were like really intense and stressful and not a lot of things make sense. And I think that's kind of why the I, I like video games sometimes is, there's a lot about the world that doesn't make sense to me and like seems very simple and is super solvable but is not being solved and in some cases is getting worse. I hate that feeling, and so something I like about video games where it's like, I can figure out these stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can figure out what this meta is, and like, yeah, it might be frustrating, but at least I feel like some understanding and control over it. And so I think Hearthstone was a vehicle for that, but there's a lot of games that I think yeah. you can put in that have given me a, a, a similar sensation. So I think what I
1: like about Fortnite 2 is I love it so much but I'm weirdly not invested in the brand at all. Mm. For like like the characters and the the like brand that is Fortnite, I don't have that like Marvel obsession connection to it. So it's like I can enjoy this on just the most like basic chill no investment, no stakes level. You it know? also means really that you like can that.
0: like walk in and walk out without any guilt. Exactly,
1: and that's what I did. I took yeah. like the last four or five
3: seasons off, and then now I'm dipping back in. And well, it's a testament to the gameplay because that's what you're after. Yeah, like you don't care about all the trappings. Yeah.
1: You think that's okay though to like love something that much, but
3: also weirdly be disconnected from it? I think that's beautiful. It might mean you love it more. Oh,
0: I, I think the the way that um, a lot of I like it. <laughs> it's a good question here because I think the way that a lot of media is is structuring itself, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is a good example where it's like, "Hey, dude, watch all these movies; that are <laughs> all connected." Yes, and like we're that, talking about it right <laughs> now. Whoa! We got there. That's that's <laughs> yes. that's cool. Because there's a payoff for that investment, right? And, like, I I think that's thing that it exists, but, like, man, I don't want all of that to exist. Yeah. Uh, that's that's yeah. something that I really miss about arcades, is, yeah. like, I didn't get to play arcade games a lot, but when I did, it felt magical and awesome because of that scarcity, and it's, yeah. like... I would just go, and I would fucking play Time Crisis 2. Yeah. And it would be dope. No, I wasn't committed to it. It wasn't a long term yeah. relationship. I need to look up Time Crisis 2 builds <laughs> yeah. online. I just fucking played Time Crisis yeah. 2 and it was great. Also, and, like when you're a kid
3: and $6 is all the money you have, yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah. like whatever your situation is, like okay, playing, six
0: lives. yeah, going through X Men <laughs> or whatever, you're just like, yeah. well,
3: I can't play anymore because I'm out of money.
0: <laughs> I, I think it is good to have like really lighthearted, fluffy yeah. things in your life like that sometimes. Yeah.
1: Light-hearted and fluffy, dude. That's Fortnite. <laughs> like
3: when I when I was I, just this made me think of it. When I was a teenager, we'd go snowboarding every week. And uh, when, when if it was too cold or we needed a break or whatever, we'd go in. And sometimes I would have a couple of bucks. And it was always a choice between, uh, like usually you would get like a drink or like a hot cocoa or a water or something. But then it was a choice between a pack of Skittles or San Francisco Rush. Oh, <laughs> <Russ>. <laughs> Or cruising, yeah, whatever. San Francisco Rush, Rush the Skittles of video games. Yeah, and it's like sometimes your hands are too co- too cold to open a Skittles, and then playing San Francisco Rush with like your wrists because you can't <laughs> use your hands because they're so cold. Yeah,
0: those are the days, man. Weird. Rush. Next email comes in from Wesley. Hey, Alex, Wesley. with the recent release of The Outer Worlds, it looks like Obsidian has a hit on their hands, at least critically. The game is currently sitting in an 86 on Metacritic with nearly universal positive reviews, uh, nine, a 9 out of 10 from Easy Alice, Rayo, and Danley, Daniel Bloodworth, and a huge online buzz, which is still Danny growing. Bloodworth. This stands in stark contrast to Fallout 76, which was berated... I love that word. <laughs> berated berated. head over the last few weeks after rolling out their Fallout 1st subscription initiative. It's not—it's dif- difficult not to compare the two franchises, considering how closely The Outer Worlds likens to Bethesda Fallout formula. But that got me pondering what The Outer Worlds means in relation to other, to another Bethesda title, Starfield. Starfield has been speculated to be falling space for some time now, and while that prospect sounded exciting at the time, I can't help but wonder if The Outer Worlds has stolen Starf- Starfield's thunder before it even got out of the gate. The Outer Worlds is basically fulfilling that concept well in advance of Starfield and is doing it swimmingly with very few of the traps that generally come with Bethesda titles, bugs, lack of polish, etc. Considering the poor reputation that Bethesda has been building for themselves with their games from a gameplay and business standpoint and looking at The Outer Worlds as a comparison, what does Starfield need to do to stand out and compete? Do you think that being a new IP from Bethesda Game Studios is enough to get Starfield to sell, or does it need to differentiate itself more somehow? Is the comparison even apt, and does it matter? Lastly, what does the panel want to see from Starfield when it finally releases?
3: It's funny, because I guess I'd assumed it in tone it would have been closer to Elder Scrolls in space than Fallout in space. Like I thought it would be a little more serious.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's hard because we've seen so very little and unless there's information out there that I'm I'm missing, it it seems like maybe it would be striking a very serious tone. Also like it's funny cuz when I think of space games, I think of a
3: more streamlined, smooth kind of graphical style, like Citizen uh, Star Citizen or Star Citizen. or Elite Dangerous and stuff. Like space games have a certain look or or Mass Effect. But I if I then take the like Fallout 76 or Skyrim graphical style and put it in space, it just feels weird and gross to me. Like, I don't know. I don't think it would look good. Some of the vistas in Skyrim obviously look good. So, yeah, who knows? But
1: for me, I'm all about you get one, not a free pass, but you get like one bad game, but your next one better be good. So, like, Bethesda now is on the back foot with Fallout 76. So, like, their next game needs to be solid. Or it's going to be a Mass Effect Andromeda into Anthem situation where now does anyone even care if BioWare makes a game? Like it's really that, that in a row really damaged the rep of BioWare. Yeah. Right. And now I think Outer Worlds enhances this for sure. Whereas, you know, like Fallout 76 into their next game, um, I think the Outer Worlds being so great has made it even more urgent for bethesda's next game to be a hit
0: i they on the defense i totally see where you're coming from i do think bethesda is in a little bit of a different situation where we have starfield which is kind of this question mark but then it's like we have the elder scrolls six like they have yeah. this series to kind of fall back on uh in a way and i, I think that is, that is something that i want to bring up like the popularity of Skyrim is crazy. Huge, like, yeah. Like, that game is was was massive beyond belief. And so uh, I wonder if there's just this sizable audience that, like, doesn't really care about the conversation but know. can just latch on to the end. I don't know. Okay, I, yeah. I think the best comparison is Mass
1: Effect. Hmm. Like, people are way more hungry for a Mass Effect remaster than a new Mass Effect. Mm. Yeah. Way more hungry for that. That would get people I feel like it would get people more hyped than a new Mass Effect game. You might be right. That's interesting. (laughs) Like, the hype levels for that are are big. And I think, you know, I think Fallout 4, I remember I liked Fallout 4. Fallout 4, I think, is a good game. But was the fandom there for Fallout 4? I know, yeah. it, I know, it's not really there for seventy six, but I feel like it was
3: kind of on the downhill a little I bit it, with four. Right. I think four it went, went down a little. Bit. Like, like people I've been like a, four. I've been but a it's... Fallout fan since the beginning of Fallout, and like four was definitely the one where I was kind of like, okay, I'm starting yeah. to lose interest. I think
0: yeah, so starting to lose interest. Yeah, I like I like Fallout four too, and but there's definitely been a pretty explosive fan backlash against four and mm. and the decisions that they made a lot with like how dialogue was handled. And things like that, uh, but yeah, and I get what you're saying about Mass Effect, but like, just the, the the popularity of Skyrim is so huge. But in a way, I also think that's worked against it, right? Where I think yeah. they've kind of just re-released Skyrim so many times yeah. that people are also sick of it. Like the the worst case scenario, kind of in my mind for Starfield, <laughs> if it's just the Bethesda formula in right. space, yeah. That like I don't I I don't know, yeah. and it, it's funny because you could kind of throw that at the other worlds, too. I I see where they're coming, but I think just from Bethesda specifically, and the spot that they're in, the lack of goodwill that they have, I think the Bethesda formula in space would really cause a lot of controversy. Well,
3: and I think think that Fallout 76, I mean, was a technical disaster, but also Fallout 4 was sort of evidence that um, the Bethesda formula is starting to get, I think, a little tired. Uh, Like, I think they need to not rest on their laurels and they need to not just do Bethesda in space and do something at least a little bit new and interesting and like challenge their their preconceived notions of you know or the audience's yeah. preconceived notions a little bit because it's like well obviously Skyrim sells huge numbers and is a huge success for them I think that it would be a mistake on their part to just do Skyrim in space because I think people, after this amount of time, do still want innovation and new things and not just a skinned right. Skyrim, you know? Same goes with Elder Scrolls Six. It's like, I, I fucking love Morrowind and Oblivion and then Skyrim just wasn't for me. It just, mm. I just didn't get into it for whatever reason. And I think largely that it has to do with Dark Souls happening around the same time and, and me being like, oh, damn, like... And it just kind of ruined video games for me forever. But like, uh, so there's that. But yeah, it's it's funny. I don't know. I, I want I want Bethesda to return to their former glory. I guess like I I, I want I want seventy six to be a distant memory, you know. Right. And like Doom is solid, but that's more that feels still more like an Id, Id, yeah. Id thing than a Bethesda thing. Even though it feels like they just put it out, you know. Right. And yeah, so it's like. Like I don't want to hate Bethesda. I don't hate Bethesda, but it's like I want Bethesda to start making good stuff again.
0: Right. Um I it's funny cuz again I think I can make another comparison to Blizzard here and I I, I the, the sense that I kind of get from Bethesda is I I think at the the height of Bethesda's powers <laughs> uh there was a lot of magic in wow, I can't believe how big this world is, how good go it looks. There. Yeah, like that kind of mentality. I think there was a lot of magic there. But not only that, like you had the Freeform stuff, but then you also had like, oh my God, Dark Brotherhood, Dark Brotherhood. You kind of had people talking about individual moments. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were able to pull it off, I think was really magical in a lot of ways. But as time has gone on, as that technology has gotten better and has as more competitors have kind of brought up, I think people, other studios, are able to evoke those feelings while also adding more depth and complexity and more polish. And it's it's making Bethesda seem less and less impressive all the time. Well, and older. Right, and old. older. Like, older, out of older, date. Older is actually probably a better way of saying it. Yeah. Like, and, when I think about Skyrim
3: now, I think about how just out of date it feels compared to newer stuff, which obviously right. it's an old game, but, like, Fallout Seventy Six feels identical to, to that. Yeah. It's right. like they
0: didn't learn or change at all. Well, fall, in the intervening I, years. I wish Fallout Seventy Six was that simple, but like Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah.
3: But even like even if Fallout Seventy Six had come out and been good, mm-hmm. to me it still would have felt a
0: couple of years old. Yeah, and that was a, that was a big part of the thing that I tried to make in my review is I it, like even if this was working perfectly, it's completely unremarkable. Right, you're right, right, right. And but the the fact that it does not work at all, <laughs> yeah, is a, is is makes it even worse. But yeah, it, it's like, hey, even if this was flawless, this wouldn't be a great game. Right. Uh, and I I totally agree with with the sentiment that you're trying to say. But uh, yeah. to bring that back to Path of Exile, and like it, it making me worried about Diablo Four in a way is it's like. I'm liking Path of Exile so much because I feel like the ways in which it's challenging me are interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was something with Divinity Original Sin 2 that that was so awesome to me is this this is obviously taking a ton of inspiration from the past, but I also feel like it's it's tr- trying in its own way to push things forward and to be interesting and and how combat plays out and how you interact with things and like how you interact with your companions and the fact that it's co-op like it felt both old and new at the same time yeah and uh like the way that you're talking about Disco elysium and sometimes with these big companies these companies that have inspired so much like you want to see that same spirit in them it's like hey i want you guys to like Break the rules and break them well, yeah. which
1: makes me optimistic about Starfield because mm. there's a certain level of baggage that comes with a franchise. Sure, you know, so it's a good point. Having a clean start, like, should sure, this is the time, Bethesda, you have a blank canvas to kind of go wild. So, also, hopefully, that drives the passion. You know, maybe yeah, they're just yeah. maybe they're just not as emotionally invested in the Fallout universe because they've worked on it for so long. You know? Well,
3: and also like. Speaking about space games, too, like, Star Citizen has been in the works for, what, like, a billion years? And, like, it's trying to be all things for all people, and, like, it's this huge thing. And it, you know, who knows what it'll be like when that game is done, you know, if it ever is. But, like, I'm really curious what Starfield... It's going to have to pick a niche, because I don't think it's going to beat Star Citizen at its game... And I don't know if it, I don't think it's going to want to just be Elite Dangerous, you know? And so it's like, what what angle are they going to go with? Like, is it going to be closer to a Mass Effect than a Star Citizen? Or is it going to be... Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. <laughs> and, like, if it's Outer Worlds, then it's like, okay, Outer Worlds already is Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if it's if it literally is just Skyrim split onto five planets, right. then I'll, I'll be disappointed because of, like... I want them to shake it up and do something new and and cool, and and I don't know what it is. I don't know what to tell them to do, but, yeah. I agree. But, but yeah, it's like when you're, you're, like what you said, when you're doing a mold, like Divinity Original Sin 2, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we've played a game, we've played dozens of games that look like this engine, but where that game sings is how... How complex it is, and how much interaction you have, and like it's not about the mold, it's, right? It's
0: smartly using a mold to launch and like a, its own thing. And
3: Disco Elysium is the same way where it's like right. it uses this familiar mold to subvert that mold in certain ways. And right. it's like that's what Bethesda needs to start doing, right? And that's, with their own mold,
0: with the Bethesda style, that's that's what's so fascinating about Path of Exile, and hearing the developers talk about it, like listening to uh. The path of X guy talk about dead g d c It's like, okay, he clearly identified he really, really likes Diablo 2. Why did he like Diablo Two, and you can kind of see the thought process of like, okay, I like that I'm gonna take that and and build off of it and yeah. i I think that can be just so successful where it's like, okay, this isn't just Diablo two like you're, just, right. you're you're you are doing your own thing Diablo Two is pretty sick Diablo Two is a sick game, I agree <laughs> Diablo two is a sick game. I kind of want to just. Do another playthrough of Diablo 2. I actually was thinking about
3: it. <laughs> I was like, I've played this game like six times. I know, I know. Maybe it's time to do it again. I don't know. I'm still mad at B- Blizzard. Don't know. It's a complicated time <laughs> yeah. for Blizzard right now. I don't know. Guillermo 2, though. Ye old Blizzard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Blizzard with a capital huh. B. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Blizzard with a capital A. Blizzard with a capital
1: Chris Matson
0: Yeah, with a capital Entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Our last email comes in from Christian. Salutations, allies. A recent report shows mobile game Mario Kart Tour has amassed around 129 million downloads in its first month, but only generated 37 million in revenue. This is nearly half the amount of their previous mobile hit Fire Emblem Heroes at around 67 million. With an IP as strong as Mario Kart, I would have expected greater numbers, and Nintendo's silence since its release signals to me that they may not be satisfied with the results. How does the panel feel about Nintendo's recent mobile ventures, regardless of whether you play them or not? How will the successes or failures affect Nintendo's traditional games model on their consoles? I hope it doesn't. Yeah. Keep it separate.
1: Like this mo like. Nothing against mobile gaming, yeah, but it's just so out of my mind that I'm I have no eyes on it. I don't care about it. Personally. I'm not. I'm not
3: offended by. <laughs> I'm not offended by like the inclusion of unobtrusive connective tissue. Like like let's go, yeah. Eevee. You can go to the Pokemon Park and put your Pokemon Go Pokemon cool. in there, whatever. Like that. I'm like okay, and I kind of hope because I played a good amount of. I set myself a goal in. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and I achieved it and then never played it again. Um, I got that treehouse. And uh <laughs> but like I kind of would be interested in seeing uh, some kind of connectivity with um new what is it called? New Horizons? Sword, sword the, no, the wait, new oh, Animal
0: Crossing. Oh, yes, New Horizons. Yeah. yeah like I, I
3: I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if like Playing Pocket Camp feels like you're taking your character from New Horizons and going camping, yeah, cool. like or something, you know, like some yeah. kind of thing like that where you're like earning Man. things in New Horizons with the phone.
0: Like that would be kind of fun, but not necessary. The, it can't be necessary. I, I feel largely negative about a lot of Nintendo's mobile output. I don't think Mario Kart Tour is very good. I don't or think anybody does. Right. Yeah. I don't think like I I went really hard in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, but the more I played the more frustrated I got yeah. with it. And it It became it, clear what it was. Yeah, it, it became like a very frustrating experience. Or or like things like seem cool for like a minute and then I burn out like do you remember Super Mario Run? I liked Super Mario Run. I liked it for a minute. I liked it for a minute, but like I don't feel any desire to like go yeah. back to no. it. Yeah. And so it like Did I you mean, play that? you played the the uh fire emblem i did yeah and fire emblem heroes i liked the best out of any of them who hated it was it bossman or damiani or did they both both. i remember they got like a big fight about (laughs) it i i I don't (laughs) remember like but saying i like fire emblem heroes the best like even i when i I, with fire emblem heroes i feel like i go with fits and starts and there's like there's some frustrating aspects to it where like i'm playing luigi's Mansion 3 and it's like all smiles baby and i was like The way Nintendo makes me feel on Nintendo consoles is not really how they're making me feel on mobile. Because it it
3: feels like their desire to make money. Like on a console, them saying like, hey, maybe you should go outside. is like, okay, Nintendo's worried about my health. Like they want me to go outside. (laughs) Whereas on a phone, it's like, hey, you're out of play power or whatever. It's like, oh, Nintendo wants my money. Because yeah. they want you know, and it's like Yeah, yeah. there is
0: there's kind of this like nakedness to it that's yeah. a little that's a little gross. A little weird coming out. I don't out engage. I don't well, engage. Well that's
3: that's the thing. Like it's a choice. Yeah. And yeah. Until if, I
0: hear that
1: one of them is an absolute must play yeah. Sayonara
3: Wild Heart style.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, not against for me. I'm not against mobile gaming because no. there are yeah. a lot of mobile games I love. Uh, you know, but like these feel, like, more gotcha-y than the mobile games I've liked in the past, you know? Like, yeah, I, I generally tend to lean towards, like, I'll give you five bucks if there aren't any microtransactions happily, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I'll buy a game on a
0: phone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of... We were talking about this with Path of Exile, but I think that, that that's, like, a better situation for the consumer where it's like, hey, I, I want to give you money because I'm enjoying this so much, right. not that because I feel like I'm being manipulated into a system... It yeah. comes down to, I think, player sentiment right. in a lot of ways.
3: And it's like, there's a difference between even Pocket Camp, which I did enjoy for quite some time, it's like, there comes a point where a ti- an in-game build timer is very clearly just a money-making tactic, you know, because it's like, okay, you could just pay money to make this go faster. That's not, that's not player enjoyment first. That's money first, right? right. Whereas, like, the, the games where you just buy it outright, it's like, oh, we just made a good game and want you to play it, you know? And that those can happen on any platform,
0: yeah. Optimistically, I I hope that Nintendo is just, like, figuring it out yeah, and that, yeah. that things get better over time, but yeah.
1: I'm not offended in the slightest. It's just not for me.
0: Yeah. And if there is connective tissue, keep it like
3: the... Let's Go EV version where it's just an optional thing that you can ignore completely and it has no it bearing. It was also
0: a good game to do that in. Right. Yeah. Right. Question though.
3: Although I guess technically the way of catching Pokemon was the Pokemon Go kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it did have its feelers in there. Sorry. Uh, I'm definitely not the target audience because I don't
1: game on the go really ever. I, I'm a very couch oriented. You barely even
3: play your Switch.
1: Yeah, and, I, and when I do play my Switch, I have it docked. Cooey. So my question is, in a post switch world like why pick your phone over your switch if you're if you're if you just take your switch places you know what i mean mobile gaming i mean like if you don't have a switch, your switch yeah, but. isn't your switch mobile gaming
0: um, i mean like i bring my switch to the studio cuz there are sometimes we have downtime in the studio and it's like oh man cool the switch is perfect for this mm-hmm. but it's like Still kind of a production. Yeah, there there you know. are like there it's are plenty of times between, where like bringing yeah. your switch will be a little bit awkward, and so yeah, it's like yeah. nice having something on your phone that you can use to like Got it. kill twenty minutes. Yeah.
3: Cool. Well it's like I don't want to bring my switch to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> or do you?
2: Or do? Or you. do? I?
3: <laughs> coming in. I'm coming in. Yeah. <laughs> where are we
1: dropping? It's usually waterproof, dude. Can you imagine sh- switching in the shower? Switching in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you said shower. Switching the shower would be awesome. I would not, because I love showers. I love showers, like that ten minutes a day, man. That is the best. The best (laughs) ten minutes of the day. I'm envisioning
0: this new switch called Switching the Shower, (laughs) and (laughs) you're in the ad for it, and the water's running, and you turn around and go, "Oh, I didn't see you there."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh hi!
2: I was just switching
0: in the shower. Didn't hear you come in. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Love showers.
0: What was the original question? <laughs> uh, mobile
3: games... Okay, how do you, how do you
0: feel yet. about Nintendo's recent mobile ventures, regardless of whether you play them or not? Ah, how will their successes or failures affect Nintendo's traditional game model on their consoles? It doesn't seem like it's affected them too much.
3: Yeah, and hopefully it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like they keep those teams separated. Like- Gotta
0: keep them separated.
3: <laughs> hey!
1: Hey! Um. Yeah, yeah. It also feels so disconnected for me. It doesn't even feel like Nintendo is developing these games. Who yeah. who is They they are not in some cases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just that, it's it's just That's duh. probably how it should feel.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just feels very disconnected. Though, Luigi's Mansion 3 feels like a straight-up Nintendo game and and I was informed that a different team made that. Mhm. Which I can't remember the name right now, but good stuff. They're the ones who made the other Luigi's Mansions, I guess. Uh, But I didn't know that.
2: You learn something
3: every
0: day. The more you you learn... You learn
3: something every day. day. Or in this case, a couple of days ago.
0: Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Frame Trap. Talked a lot about video games, as we always do. All video games this time. Yeah. But Watchmen Sunday. Dude, Watchmen Sunday. Let's go. Let's Episode go. Sunday only night. five, six more episodes, dude. What was, it? What was it
3: nine? Nine. Nine episodes. Weird. Six more. If I'm only. I only saw the first one. I'm
0: excited to watch the next two. Hopefully tonight. If you would like to write in, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com askeasyallies at gmail.com If you want to get this meaty podcast a couple days early you can be a $5 patron on easyallies.com $5 And on. I have to, to end this episode by saying, review copy provided by Playstation, you gotta have that at the front and the back front and the back. Thank yeah. you all so much for watching Until next time